the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. It's Tuesday. We got through Monday. We're into Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll be closer to Friday than we were on Monday. (coughs) Excuse me. And that's a good thing. Always. Do you realize, guys, that we're almost done with June? Man. And and it's also the other amazing thing is that summer just started. Yeah, it just got underway Friday. Now, did you do the cool thing that you can only do on the first day of summer? What's that? Balance an egg on its tip, and it won't <laughs> roll over. It won't fall over. It sits hmm. there. It only does that. I don't know. It has something to do, I'm sure, hmm. with the rotation of the planet or whatever. Hmm. But you can balance an egg on its tip. I did it again Friday before really? I came aboard. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> wow. It's cool. Here's the cool thing to do. Get yourself someone that you're dating mm-hmm. and say, let me show you something I can do that you can't do. And do it at like 11.59.45 <laughs> on uh, late Friday night. <laughs> and then right after midnight, let her try it. And it will not stand on <laughs> a step. Interesting. <laughs> Hmm. I really don't do that. For all of our friends on Facebook today, I don't do that. I don't. That's funny. I've got another way of making an egg stand on its, on its end. How's that? You crack it just a little bit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that might work. I'm not saying it wouldn't. Or you could spin it. Yeah. But you, it, it is, it'll move to the end. Yeah, right. I'm just yeah, saying. It'll fall. <laughs> I'm just saying you can sit on the, what is it, 21st? Is that the 21st? Right? No, I can't remember. Yeah, 21st. Uh, June 21st, first day of summer. You can put it right on its tip, and that, It'll stand that up. egg will just stand there solid. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, it's, I I don't know the scientific explanation. I just know what happens on the summer solstice. Hmm. Interesting. So guess where I was on the 21st? I don't know. You've been gone. I I really found it very difficult not to tell people that you were on vacation because <laughs> I like to let my listeners know where people are. So where were you? I was so you could take go down all the way to Key West and take a right and go about seventy miles. So, That's like Cuba, isn't it? Well, uh, well, that would be south would be about ninety miles. To okay, Cuba, I think, all right. But, so about seventy miles to the to the west is a place called the Dry Tortugas. I know about the Tortugas, and so there was a. The, the federal government built um, what they call Fort Jefferson. It's a big old huge. Did they put you in jail? Brick. Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was camping there, and um, wow. And so that was a. It was hot. <clears throat> okay, so tell me now, how did you get there? Did you drive that long bridge all the way down to Key West? We and did. Then get on a boat and go over there. Exactly. Yeah. So we drove down. Very cool. Drove down to Key West, and actually, I met my buddy Timothy down there as well. No, not, Tim- not actually at the Dry Tortugas. I met him at Key Largo, and we did some snorkeling out out um, there at John Penny Camp State Park. Okay. Now tell me, did you? I know you don't drink. All right. No, I don't. But tell me that while you were there at Key Largo, that you went to the uh, Boar's Breath tavern i don't because i've ever heard of that 
It's a cool place. Okay. I've seen the T-shirts before. Yeah. You should go there. I've got one. Yeah, you need to go there next time you're down yeah. there. Are you going to go back? Did you I like will. it? I probably will at some point. You know, I wasn't terribly impressed with the dry tortugas as far as snorkeling goes. I, I felt like the snorkeling around Key Largo was actually a little better. Okay. Um, but you had to take a, in Key Largo, you have to take a boat five or six miles offshore to get decent snorkeling. But um, there's dry tortugas. You you can snorkel right offshore, and you can see some stuff. Okay. Did they tell you to snorkel and keep your shoes on? They didn't. Although I, a lot of times I do actually swim with sandals. You and, should, and uh, because of the sharp stuff, you never know what you're going to step on. And what's what was that's in? not a good thing. There's all kinds of stuff. Well, if, on Guam, I don't know if it's this mm-hmm. way over at these islands, but on Guam, there's a fish. That has spikes on its back, and if you step on it, bad it will inject you, mm. and uh, you will not be a happy camper. Well, there was <laughs> there in, in Key Largo, there were a bunch of um, like camouflage colored jellyfish. Ooh, that's not good. They were they were like brown green, looked like leaves, sort of. Have thing. you been stung by one? Not Did you one get of, one? Not one of those. No, we saw them. Actually, Timothy got bit a little bit. Got got stung. Let a me just bit. warn everybody. There is an old wives' tale, and I bet you RD has heard this: that if you get stung by a jellyfish, you should urinate on it. Hmm. Have you heard that? It might work. No, I thought that was a wasp sting. Yeah, no, it's a it's, it's <laughs> boy. You be no. urinate on yourself all the time. With, I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm, I'm, I've never I, heard I that. Saying, man. I've never heard that before. But the, we what, don't have jellyfish in but, Stone County but, where I'm from. I never had that you problem read that, before. You read that that if you get stung by a jellyfish, you should urinate on it, huh. and it will take away the sting. That is a lie. Yeah, it don't work. Lie. It is a lie. It does not work. <laughs> it does not. Absolutely will not work. I've heard that vinegar works. That might work. I don't and, know. Um, I just stay away from them. Yeah, I, I try to. We try to stay away from them as well. And it, but they were they were kind of interesting. So so we brought our kayaks down. Oh, fair. And, so that was kind of neat. And they're in um, in John Pennycamp State Park there in Key Largo. There was a bunch of. Um, let me back up a little, little bit here. So they have a lot of mangrove trees, which are like little bush type trees. Okay, they're and not tall. They're not. They're okay. not very tall, but they grow kind of out in the water. Okay. And there was trails cut into these things where the water was about four or five, six feet deep, and so they were set up to where you could kayak through them. They would rent kayaks to you as well. But someone told us that we could actually go snorkeling through those trails. Uh oh, I'm going to say and, that uh, you said go through the trails, and now you're going to find out mm-hmm. a park ranger stopped you and no, said no, no, you no. may not do this. No, no, the, the, no. They, they, the the people <laughs> employees there at Pennycap Camp actually suggested it to us. No, oh, okay. And so, um, so we did it. It was a little spooky getting into the water because it, you know, it's kind of like getting into a, um, I don't know, like a ditch. Okay. And swimming in a ditch because it's there's there's growth on both sides. There's no shore to get up onto if you needed to. So it's dark in the water. It, it is a little bit, although the water was clear enough you could see the bottom. Oh, okay. And so it That's wasn't no big too bad. Then. Um, it wasn't super clear there, but it was only five or six feet deep. So yeah. if visibility is eight feet, you've got. And um, so that was kind of neat. And um, so we, I I drove a kayak behind me as I was swimming along there with Timothy, and. Um, so we had, a, we had a pretty good time. He had never been in clear water before. Oh, really? And so that was kind of a new thing for him. You know, he, he and I free dive together, and he's, he's the guy that pulled me off the bottom of the pool three oh, years ago when I drowned. you didn't tell me it was Tim Snow yeah, that pulled you up. Yeah, it was okay. Tim Snow, yeah. I'll have to go com- <laughs> complain to him. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, no, it, he knows better than to let Paul play in the deep end of the pool unattended. Uh, evidently, yeah. now, yeah, yeah. No, no. So yeah, it was it was Tim Snow who pulled me off the bottom of the pool, and and so you know back when he did that, he didn't know how to swim very well. He could, he could he could get back and forth, but he wasn't a real good swimmer. But at this point, since we've been hanging out together a lot, and, and I've kind of taught him to free dive and, and whatnot. And he can free dive about as well as I can. Now. Okay, free dive. Explain free, what you mean so, when you say free dive. So free diving is is basically snorkeling, but we go deep okay. and hold our breath for a long time. And so Timothy and I have both been down probably sixty five feet or so. He maybe maybe have gone down seventy feet on a breath hold. Really? And, yeah. So how long are you holding your breath for that? Maybe a minute and a half. You might might be almost two minutes for a seventy foot dive. Man, you must be really cooking it to get down then well i'm trying to think so i've watched people do it in the it, bahamas in, in, now, let me just say this if you if you start smelling bs rd <laughs> you call bs on you, okay? so, so so in freshwater in, in freshwater um both timothy and i are pretty lean and so we get timothy will sink at even um shallower depths than i will i, I if when i get down to about 20 feet or so Gravity will pull me down. I don't have to swim anymore. I can just drop in, in, in fresh water. In salt water, man, I've got, I might have to get almost 50 feet down before I would sink. Okay. The difference in, in buoyancy. In buoyancy, yeah, sure. But but Timothy will, will sink in, in fresh water at about probably six or seven feet because as you go deeper in the water, your lungs compress, and therefore you're, you're less buoyant in the water. So anyway, for swimming down, it doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of energy to get down, but you have to swim back up. Right, and it does take quite a bit. It, it, it does take energy to get back up. You've got to fight against gravity in the whole fight, nine yards. got to okay. fight against gravity. And one of, the, one of the kind of bigger issues about going down is equalizing your ears. Because, you know, when you go down deep, you can feel the pressure in yeah, your ears. right. And so what you do is you grab your no- hold your nose and, and act like you're going to try to blow through your nose, and it pushes pressure into your ears and uh-huh. equalizes. Otherwise, it caves your head in if you don't do it. Yeah, right. do, it bubble, do bubbles come up? No. Oh, okay. I'm, no, I, no, I, I know that don't, don't man. I'm just asking. No, <laughs> no so there's, 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 little, there's little passageways in, in the back of your throat, I guess, that, that, that um, connect to your ears, to your eardrums. Pretty good. God was pretty good at, at de- designing us, wasn't he? Well, it? yes, because the, the thing is, though, so we can actually function at, at various different altitudes that we don't explode or, or, yeah. um, or um, collapse Unless you get heads. on the edges. Of where you should be going. If you get if you get too far on the edge, then you can you can get hurt. But even like in, in Everest, the the atmospheric pressure is about a third of what it is here. Right here, it's probably a, around fifteen psi. Okay. Whereas at Everest, it's about five. So it's quite a bit less pressure. But our ears can equalize and adjust to those various different pressures. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right. So here's the important question. This okay. is for all of the single women out there. Okay. Did you meet any single women while you were out vacationing? Well, my sister allowed to kill me for saying this, but so <laughs> um, please don't say no, yeah. No, no. My my sister, no, don't no 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 no. I was okay, I was thinking I was thinking about making a joke that she maybe wouldn't like very much. Okay, well, don't make but, the um, joke then. No, um, no, I, I I meet and talk with a lot of people. I I didn't meet anybody in specific, particular though. I um, I did meet some. Um, some interesting people just talking. There was one girl there um, that was actually. Three up, Jan. Paul, Paul, tell us about the women he met oh. down in the Tortugas. Oh. Oh, so, no. so, there, so, there, so there was one girl um, <laughs> there who was um, actually from Germany. Oh, that's cool. That was kind of interesting. Um, guess where I met her? 
Uh, was there like a Nazi hangout? No, it, there was actually a gender, gender neutral shower there. Okay, no, I'm I'm teasing. It, they actually have they have they have outdoor showers uh-huh. there at the um, at the campground, and okay. so everybody just washes salt water off of themselves. So well, you're yeah. not married. I don't see a wedding no, ring. So. No, I'm no, not. he didn't get married. No, nothing serious happened. No. I, I didn't get okay. her name either, unfortunately. Dude, you should have um, gotten her name. That would have been kind of fun. Listen, yeah. if she's not from the hey. south and she doesn't shoot guns, she's not worth the time. <laughs> maybe right. But maybe <laughs> she shoot guns. I don't know. She's from Germany. She's probably a socialist. We've got too many socialists. Don't be bringing any more. Back to Did you talk so. politics with her? Not a whole lot. I mean, are you kidding I mean, how, me? How I mean, that's like the first thing. Well, the first thing a conservative. I have a list. Listen, I can help you. I have a list for for conservative men. If you're going on a date, these are the things you ask right at the top. I mean, we, and if they don't answer we standing, properly, it's we were over. Standing, There's no reason to continue. We were Number standing one under is you have a Hillary Clinton bumper. Don't you read the Bible? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And don't you read the Bible about being equally yoked? I mean, there's yeah. nothing. To, if you're not equally yoked, there's no need to even converse. Any further? There's nothing to discuss. It's it's but, over. But, but should I? It's the first time I've seen you blush, man. <laughs> so, so, so I, I mean, how political should I get when we're when we're reciting each other taking showers? Extremely yeah. political. I mean, right, yeah. right off the top. Yeah, yeah. extremely. You just you just ask her. Did you like Merkel? That's all you got to ask her. She'll tell you. She, she said yes. Might go the known, other way. Might not have known who that was. Yeah, well, she from Germany. Yeah. She know who Merkel really, is. Really, all you need to know is: Do you like Hillary Clinton? Did you vote for Hillary Clinton? Yeah. If that, I mean, yeah. that's it. If that's my first question. This, that's it. Okay, so was she one. from Germany? <laughs> just visiting? She was what? from Germany. She told me she was actually had been a foreign exchange student, and I think she had come back with her folks. Did she say where she went to school at? I didn't ask her. Okay. No, I didn't. Because um, um, if she was, said the northeast, you probably would have wanted to run away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just saying. But it was kind of interesting, though. Her, she said she'd only been here for ten months, and her accent was almost non-existent. It was kind of amazing. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, when she but first, she said she was a foreign exchange student. Yeah, and so she, she stayed here. Now you just ticked off every southern bell. <laughs> anyway, what's wrong with an accent? No, there's nothing wrong with an accent, but her German Neither accent was almost non-existent. Yeah, no, Either that, okay. or she's KGB. Maybe so. Yes, that's right. Maybe so. She's been, She's been studying for this encounter. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. We'll we'll interrogate Paul a little bit more <laughs> as we go on, but we need to get a break in here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. The question that was asked during the break, just so you'll know, uh, for Paul was, did this German girl shave her pit? <laughs> you know, we we wanted to know. I was more concerned about whether That's or not she European shaved her thing. legs. Yeah, it's a European you see, thing. This is this is the bothersome. I promoted that I'm going to be on your show today because we thought we were going to be talking about intellectual and stimulating <laughs> things are. like politics <laughs> and, and America. And we're talking about whether or not some chick that you met on your vacation shaves uh-huh. her legs. I, you know, I, I honestly didn't look. Okay. I don't remember it. Maybe I would have noticed if it was. Now, see, if there she you, had. now you're already lying. Men look, men notice things. <laughs> Thank you, Jan. Thank you. Calling him men out. Men are for visual, that. visual beings. Yeah. yeah. Notice I didn't say visual animals. I said <laughs> visual, visual beings. beings. <laughs> All right. So let me hold the paper up. Here's the first story today. Okay. There's the front page of the paper today. That's what? upside down. Uh, you, no, oh, you're the holding other it up part. for the audience. All right. <laughs> what about a, us? That's above the fold, which is the big story of the day. Okay, and the big story. deals with <clears throat> plea changing by Jeremy Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. He's going to yeah. plead guilty, guilty on everything. Now, mm-hmm. on all of them now? Looks like it. 
He's wow, at, that's in, a all, bunch. in all three areas. He's going to uh, Springfield. He's going here in Little Rock, and he's heading up to Fayetteville and pleading guilty. Because in the end, can he be pardoned by his relative, well, the could. governor? Yeah, I mean, he could. Does, I guess. Does, yeah, I was. I don't expect to see that because I. I'm believing that the governor, to be honest, would like to be a senator. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you might as well throw yeah. the rest of your political it's career out the window. It's going to make some people really mad. So I don't expect that to happen. I, I just thought there were some interesting things that has come out about this. Did you see how much money we're talking here? There's, there's well, he was getting money from everybody. It says uh, the newest charge made public Monday... Uh, in U.S. District Court in Fayetteville, accuses Hutchinson. Now we already knew, hundred and fifty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this one's for one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars from four business co-owned by an unidentified individual. A between February uh, fourteen and November sixteen, according to the charging document. Uh, that's probably, this is my guess, Crandall. Well, Goodson had him on. Uh, Goodsell had him on retainer. They're saying for legal services for how for, much? For six hundred and seventy thousand. Think about total, it now. Six hundred seventy thousand. Hundred another hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Now we're up to a quarter of a million and another hundred and fifty-seven thousand. We're getting very close to that big ding 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 mm-hmm. million yeah, dollar were, mark. Now before this, there were three. There were three Medicaid contractors that had given them. A tune back to all the way back to 2009 of the three of them over five years, $900,000. But that was all for, you know, legal retainer fees. You know, they, they say. They and it would be difficult to prove that that was any kind of a, of a bribe. Yeah, read the. Yeah, read the. So why, why do you think he, he's pleading now that he's pleading plea guilty? Plea bargain. Yeah, plea I bargaining. think that he's. Yeah. I, I think it's, they offered him something. Definitely. This would be my feeling. They have offered him something significant if he will give them some information about a specific something. Could that specific something mean implicating someone else? It could be. It could be implicating several other several people. other people. Yeah, we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. The the feds very seldom talk about anything that they're doing. So I'm assuming he has full-time bodyguards now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Read, read that first line up there on the top sentence. That's from a story today in in, in a Arkansas. So that, that, Ravidran, uh-huh. is, that a right, correct, is that a correct pronunciation? Right. Also admitted that he and others concealed evidence of the bribes by falsely describing such unlawful payments as being solely for attorney's fees and legal retainers. On June 28, 18, Ravindran was charged with two counts of felony Medicaid fraud in a separate case. According to the affidavit for his arrest, Ravindran and others conspired to illegally charge Medicaid for almost $2.3 million from 15 to 17. Mm-hmm. Prior to joining Preferred Family, that would be Crandall's group, right? right? In 2014, Ravindran spent nearly 30 years working as Director of Program Integrity. Boy, is that, <laughs> is that not ironic For to the use DHS. that? <laughs> you know, Program Integrity or the Arkansas Department of Human Services Division of Medical Services and then as Business Operations Manager with the Office of the Medicaid Inspector 
general. So for people across wow. America who are 2. listening to this. $2.3 million. Because, you know, on Facebook, now that we're broadcasting on Facebook, and yes. especially from my page, there are people from other states Hello, all across America. And it's happening in your state, And even state from other too. countries. That's right. We're talking about some really nasty politicians in Arkansas who have been indicted by the feds for bribery. And, and unfortunately, uh, it turned out they were Republicans. So uh, it was really unfortunate. Yeah. Some people that I got to know very well that I trusted. Yes, well, that's what you get for trusting. Yeah, well, well got to trust somebody sometimes. Well, sometimes it just kind of goes to show that a break. It's hard to know. A break. We'll talk more after the news. Hey, don't forget Dwayne Smith uh, Insurance Agency over in Sherwood wants you to stop by and uh, you know make sure that you can do better on your insurance. If you don't stop by, they can't show you. They can give you more coverage for less, uh, you know, moolah, uh, the way we used to say money back in the day, moolah. You know, greenbacks, clams, whatever you use, uh, the term what you're buying. Dwayne Smith wants you to come in, bring all your insurance, bring for your house, for your car, for your life, for your motorcycle, for your boat, and whatever else you might have insured, and sit down with him or one of his professionals and let them let you see what Allstate can do for you. Just call them at 501-819-0373. They'll set you up a time to come by. You sit down with them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Keep Mr. Mayhem out of your business. Wayne Beach is here. Wayne, how you doing? I'm doing great. You're slumming today. Pardon me? You're slumming today. Yeah, kind you're of. Here I'm, uh, you're here on my show. I'm on my way up to Jonesboro to yeah. uh, listen to Dan Sullivan speak tonight. State uh, Representative Dan Sullivan, who's soon going to be State Senator. Yes. Dan it's, Sullivan. It'll be State Senator Dan Sullivan. You, right. Thanks for correcting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's speaking tonight at 630 at, uh, I believe it's Lazaro's on, uh, there in Jonesboro. Is that a really uh, good, like, uh, Italian place to eat? It's really good. I okay. ate there last time. I plan to eat, if I get there early enough, eat there before the before the meeting You'll but it's the it republican yeah. committee meeting tonight in jonesburg arkansas uh come and listen to dan uh speak tonight and listen to a, a true conservative here in the state of arkansas okay now you're going to broadcast this live on facebook correct? yes i am I, i'll i'll broadcast I'll it live it on, on facebook too from your life and i'll share it with jan's facebook as well as anybody mm-hmm. else in on this panel here that wants it yeah, this is an important good. race we have to tell people why this is an important race because can I just it's about conservatism? Sure. Well, yes, it is. It's about Republicans who are elected to serve as Republicans actually voting like Republicans. And the reason that I have an issue with his opponent, who is the current seating seated, uh, seated senator for that district, John Cooper, is because John has voted with the Democrats one too many times. And the last time it was on the Stand Your Ground law. We lost Stand Your Ground because of his deciding vote. We and, have expansion and, because of his because vote. Because of his vote. And what did he call Republicans at the last meeting that you went to, Wayne? What did Senator Cooper call Republicans who align with the Republican Party platform, who wanted to pass a resolution in that committee that said, we want to our legislators to represent the Republican Party platform principles. What did he call you? I, I all? believe he called us communists. <laughs> I believe I've got that on film, on on video. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, it was pretty pretty astounding. I know that. Uh, uh, I don't think Dan is going to need a a lot of <laughs> a lot of comments after after uh, uh, Senator Cooper made that made that statement. 
uh, he's just about shooting himself in the foot when he did well, that. I, I would like that that audio if you have it. Oh, I'll, he's got I'll it. try to get. I it. know. One, okay. One thing: when John Cooper ran for state senate, he ran against Obamacare yes, Medicaid did. expansion, Huge and then he voted he, for it. Right. He ran against it. He's dead set. Well, there was people that came from all over Arkansas to come up to help him in his race because he said he would be a clear go- vote against the governor's Medicaid expansion. And as soon as he got down there, it wasn't, what, a month later that he, yeah, he I voted remember, for I remember uh, David Crow mm-hmm. and his wife. I remember mm-hmm. uh, Janet. The, the, the Filippos, you know, coming up from uh, Little Rock. Right. All, all kinds of people. Yeah, so <coughs> he did not He did not vote the way that he told his voters he would no. vote. You know, here's the thing. You have uh, Republican county committees now doing this really <laughs> unique thing of stepping up to the plate because we've had so many Republicans acting and voting like Democrats in Arkansas that several different committees now in the state have actually passed a resolution saying this committee stands with the platform of the Republican Party of Arkansas and we are instructing or encouraging our legislators that represent our committee and the people of our area to vote accordingly. And that is what was happening at Craighead County Republican Committee when Senator Cooper called everyone communist because they supported that resolution. So if you support the Republican Party platform, I want everybody is, to think about how insane. bizarre is that? Sounds like Hillary Clinton calling everybody deplorable. That right? is that is specifically drawn up by the Republicans of this state. Yes. Yes, it is. Of what we and, believe And when you in. run for office, you are supposed to be saying, I'm going to represent this platform of limited government, lower taxes, cutting spending, Second Amendment, you know, God, pro-life, in life. pro-life, yes. Wouldn't it be nice if, if there are more than just a handful of Republicans that actually believed in some of that stuff? Well, perhaps well, we're <laughs> going to put them in the place where they the have to believe in that. To actually sign on. I think it. they should have to sign a pledge saying that they will vote. The Republican platform. I think we're getting there. We're getting there because, but here's the thing. When you run for office, even if you personally disagree with a certain aspect of the platform, say it's pro-life and you say, but I agree with the majority of the platform. So I'm going to run as a Republican. Nope. You still, you still are representing thousands and thousands of people in your district. It's not about what you feel personally. You are the voice for the people who elected you. And the people who elected you thought they were electing a Republican. And a Republican is very clearly outlined what a Republican is in that platform. It's very simple. And on to me. top of that, when you're running for a state house seat, it's a group of people in a small mm-hmm. geographical area. When you run for the Senate of the state, you're running and you're you're making decisions for the whole state. Yeah, right. three to four so, counties, right. Okay, well, three or four counties is what you basically represent for the whole, for the whole state, state of Arkansas. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> there's actually a, um, uh, in the in Republican rules here then in the state, there's mm-hmm. actually a methodology of, of vetting as well as as uh, promoting a a particular candidate, and you can actually uh, the committee can actually vote for a not recommended status for that candidate. We need to have Ooh. that done now. It does. Ever, it does occasionally happen. I've seen it happen. I think there in um, actually I wasn't there at the meeting. I don't think, but mm-hmm. I think it happened there in Faulkner County a while back. I think it was a, a fellow running for um, county judge. But um, otherwise, I don't know that it happens very often. And you can also, that committee can withhold any funds for that candidate. Say he needs funds for his sign-up 
when he signs for signs up for uh, running for office here at the Capitol. You can also that committee can also withhold the funds from that candidate as well. All right, for everybody who wants to say that Dave Ellswick is a uh, you know one of those guys who believes in what's on the the uh, platform, I'm one of those guys who believes in the purity of the platform. Mm-hmm. That's it. All this corruption that we've got going on is what I said. It's almost a shame that there's so many billions of dollars available to politicians when they come in and you've taken all this federal money and this one this one little thing that we're talking about, Medicaid expansion, is a $2 billion check from the federal government and you get somebody that's in place and you've got $2 billion coming to the state, you have to stand up against everybody that benefits from that $2 billion. That's a lot of power. You mm-hmm. have to stand up against all these health care companies, all the insurance companies, all the hospitals. You have to stand up against the people all in your own party. Yes. All of those lobbyists. So whenever you get elected and come down here, it's a shame that you have to fight a multi-billion dollar program to make the decision that you told your voters and there's not very many people because it's not very popular to come down here and say we want to cut two billion dollars of federal money coming to the state of arkansas mm-hmm. and most of them end up giving in yeah it's, it's hard it's hard to to get someone to have the intestinal fortitude to say you know what i don't want the free money yeah yes well, and i'll tell you what back. else is frustrating is when citizens have to come to the capitol to compete against lobbyists who have all that money yeah. to 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 try to uh pressure their legislators to do what they said they were going to do when they were running for office you know we shouldn't have to go to the capitol i'm paying my state representative and my state senator to represent me and the and the and the issues and the platforms that he he or she promised they were going to do. So when I have to go to the Capitol and take off work to go up there and and stay on their backs, I'm already in a bad mood. Yeah, and we, and shouldn't we have, have to do that. And we have to compete with taxpayer-funded lobbyists. You haven't. I was a bad influence on her last <laughs> you, week. Dave. You no, should have like, seen her in that committee meeting a couple of years I, ago. No, well, but see, I'm you not have to remember, I spent two or three weeks being nice, talking to legislators, and it wasn't getting me anywhere. So I finally just unleashed. Snapped. I snapped. I le- unleashed <laughs> because I, I needed to create a big enough scene that people would pay attention, right. so they would start paying attention to what their state government Women is doing. Okay, for all the folks that are watching on. On Facebook right now, for you who are going to watch, Wayne will be up in uh, Craighead County. Jonesboro. In Jonesboro. What time do you Six, figure? 6.30 tonight. Yeah, it's when you're going to start broadcasting? Yes. All right, 6.30 tonight. Go Check find Wayne Beats' page him, or Jay Morgan's page. Just, I'll be broadcasting. Is it just like, is it... You know, the handsome Wayne Beach, or is it just Wayne Beach? <laughs> <laughs> Easy, though. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, Wayne. Right. Thanks just for so coming you know, by. Wayne Have Beach a rides trip, a motorcycle, Wayne. too. Does he? He rides you, a V-Rod, like I do. Well, I, bet, a, I wonder where he got all yeah. the, the bugs on his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. All right. Wayne, thanks so much for coming by. All right. Okay. we got more coming your way. Let's get to, to uh, a break. I need to tell you about what's going on with David Lucas. He's doing his tax reduction analysis for you. He's got some meetings coming up in July. I'll have those dates for you later on this week so that you can go and learn all those uh, important strategies you need to know and the loopholes that other people take that are there for you to use as well because you probably have wondered how uh, other people get away with paying fewer taxes than you. Well, David Lucas can teach you all of that through his tax reduction analysis. You sit down with him. 
He'll ask you a bunch of questions, and he'll give you these little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. That uh, free analysis reveals the little-known strategies and loopholes that can help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. So to get that free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers right now. I expect to hear that phone ring, 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not even hundreds of thousands of dollars in your retirement. 501-653-6690. We have almost come through the first hour of the show. It's amazing. It's gone fast today. Time flies when you're having of, fun. A lot of things yeah. to talk about. I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, Dan, Dan Sullivan's going to be up and talking to people and telling them what he believes in. He was uh, my number three most uh, conservative legislator in the House. He was number one was number for one conduit. conduit. Yes. Uh, I had uh, Lundstrom as number one and Mayberry as number two. Robin Lundstrom, I like her. I like classy lady. And yes, this year is. is the first year I met her uh, at the Capitol, and I'm, I'm very impressed. Woman. Yes. I'm I really yes. impressed with her. Mm-hmm. The difference between why I as a, was a little bit different than probably Conduit is that I look at it in more than just an economic way they look Mm -hmm. at economics and how people are voting as far as that goes i look at that i look at at life i look at social issues all kinds of Mm -hmm. things and i thought lundstrom just she really stood up this year she's been there for a while i think maybe two time two year two four years i've missed her before but i i I got but she's been kind of quiet yes this year she stood up and started speaking and Man, she had things to say. Well, mm-hmm. And Dan She's Sullivan good. kind of, you know, I haven't hadn't had a lot of contact with Dan Sullivan prior to this session, and we, we just and, got, and he started really speaking. Yeah, and we kind of we kind of got into a lot more um, contact with him mm-hmm. during this session rather than uh, uh, over. Well, what's going to be interesting is watching State Representative Sullivan run this race because it's hard to run against a sitting Republican and not make other Republicans mad. It's a, it's a tightrope you have to walk between explaining to people, look, I'm asking you to fire this guy and hire me. So you can't just talk about how great you are and what right. you believe yeah. in, but you have to talk about what's wrong with this guy to make people ready to fire him. Well, and it's, it's a hard thing and to it's, do. And it's you, a legitimate issue because the, the fact is. is that, you know what, if if I was thinking about running for office and there was somebody already in the seat mm-hmm. that I liked. That was a Republican, would, a fellow Republican. That's I, mean, the problem. I mean, somebody that I actually agreed with. Why mm-hmm. would I bother running against the guy? I mean, right. I, 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 I need to have a decent reason right. to run against him because, you know, if I agree with him and I like him and I, you know, I don't want the blasted job. Well, a wise man once <laughs> said that primaries purify the party. Primaries that way, you know, nobody gets in there and stays in too long, if, especially if they're not doing right by the people. So and it and it, it is and supposed to be say, all about the Cooper people. Is not doing right by his constituents. No, he needs to run as a Democrat. That's what yeah, he needs to absolutely. do. Absolutely, change parties. Right. So, so what, what is this thing about him wearing a Moms Demand Action T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Has a picture I saw of him. What, 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 yes, they were it having up, a it wasn't gun Photoshop. violence awareness event yeah. day, Whoa. and he showed up. And he didn't just show up. He showed up, and they wanted everyone to wear orange. Okay. And of course, you combine that with the fact that he voted against stand your ground law mm-hmm. for Arkansans, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some other gun rights issues. It just goes to he so, clearly so does not. Orange shirt he or does actual, not understand the Second Amendment. Or was it an actual Moms Demand Action shirt? It was, or was a, it, just it was a, an orange just shirt. An orange, orange shirt. 
kind of in support. Right. But how many well, orange shirts do you see out there? I mean, you know, everybody there was wearing orange shirts. Yeah. Well, you know, I asked a, a lady that was very much for gun control right. whenever I was on my trip. And she first question was the Hillary Clinton bumper sticker, and her answer was yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, so <laughs> that's not the one you married, right? <laughs> no, no, no. He's already got a wife. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she said she said was telling me that how the guns were, were doing so many bad things in the country, and we had to get rid of the guns. My first I asked her, I said, "Have you ever looked and seen?" what the rate of violence was for people that have concealed weapons license. Have you looked at how much, how many problems these people are? And she said, no. And I said, well, you're going to find that these are the most upstanding citizens in the United States of America. And by the way, uh, guns is a tool that only does what you tell it to do. That it, it doesn't think on its own. It only does what you tell it to. I said, is a plane. In fact, in fact you got to force it to do it. Right. Is a plane. I asked her, is, right. a, is a plane inherently bad? She said, no. I said, have some people done some bad things with some planes? And she said, yes. I said, are cars inherently bad? She said, no. Some people done some bad things with cars? She said, yes. Are cell phones inherently bad? Right. So I said, computers, lots of the internet, things. we can go on and on. So I said, guns are fine, and they save lives in the hands of the right people. Right. And I, th- I think one of the things to remember with it, some of this is that, you know, we may have some slightly increased um, violence rates because we have access to guns in some cases. However, I think it is a very strong insurance policy against government coming along and murdering us like what we saw over in Europe. Well, you know, I think one of the problems we have in, in America because – well, well, I mean, but in Europe specifically during the last World century. During the last okay. century. We have a culture of violence in America, and it doesn't have anything to do with guns. It has to do – it's a cultural thing, and it has to do with a government that does not – apply stiff enough penalties to people who commit crimes. I mean, if you why, why steal still- something in Singapore, they cut off your hand. If you, if you, you know, in Japan, I just talked to some engineers from Je- from Japan. They came to my gun range to mm-hmm. train. And I was asking them about their culture. And he said, you know, we don't have crime, really, uh, violent crime in, in Japan. And it's, it's because they just know that you don't do that because the penalty will be so severe well, and, it, it won't be death, by the way. But when they say life, they, they mean, mean it. Life, then it, and you it's don't miserable. Get out. Yes. Right. And the thing is, that I think if someone's actually duly convicted of murder, why are they still breathing? I mean, seriously, if we actually have good evidence that someone's committed, because we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars keeping them up in prison and paying for their lawyer, and in some cases paying for their uh, sex change operations or their you know uh, open heart surgeries or whatever it is they need, we don't just put but, them in prison and let them die. They have it made. No, and, and, it's and, like and, and, going to a social club. There's contractors and people that in this business that makes billions of dollars for the way things are, just mm-hmm. like Jobs. Our, our Medicaid expansion that we're talking about. You can't kill it because uh, you got Chamber all of Con- all the people making money off of it. So if you went in and, and started doing what you're talking about and cut down on the prison population to the ones that never need to be back out anyway and keep the ones in there that need to be in there and send them, let them out on a parole where they can rape and kill people over and over again, then uh, uh, you would cut down all the people that are that work with the parolees. I mean, mm-hmm. 
if these people are in jail, you don't have to have four or five people following them around. Well, I think that if we had jails like Sheriff Arpaio's, uh, we would have fewer crimes. There is no doubt well, about that. I mean, how many prisoners want to wear pink? I tell you what, I met and a, sleep in tents. I met a lady at Bologna Senior Citizen and eat bologna sandwiches, Drink bread and water. water. That's right. I met a lady at the Bologna Senior Citizen Center. Said that her dad could solve the prison problem. Said he'd get them up at four o'clock in the morning and they'd chop cotton and, and work all day. Mm-hmm. And said when they went to bed at night, when the sun went down at eight o'clock, they would never want to come back. Courts wouldn't allow. That's the problem. The court wouldn't allow it. Okay, we got to get a break in news at the top of the hour. Then the power panel will be back. Paul is here. Wave at him, Paul, so you know who you are. He looks like the Old Testament prophet. We're going to make him dye his hair white. He's getting there. Yeah, Slow, well, slowly yeah. but surely. Slowly, yeah, I well. do see some silver streaks yeah, in the yeah, beard. There are a few silver streaks wow. in the beard. You know, yeah. they make, what is that, men's formula? That's yeah. it. Formula, you can. Yeah, right. I, I probably won't do that. You know, Walt Frazier used to be the advertiser for that. As well as Jan Morgan is here, the uh, first lady of guns. Mm-hmm. And then next to her, in the very end, just back from Iceland, Scotland, and Ireland is already R.D. is the head honcho yeah, over gets there. these exotic vacations. I'm I don't go you. anywhere. <laughs> I, I want to go where he it. went. It just sounds so cool. We'll take a break. We'll have more. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stick around. We're coming back. All right, back. Second hour of the Power Panel uh, Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. For all of you watching on uh, Facebook, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we appreciate everybody who tunes in daily here on the radio as well. You can tune in daily as well on uh, Facebook. We are on unless Comcast is off the air because of lightning strikes. They they were off last week when we were on the air. So, uh, you know, bottom line, you can watch us. You can just listen to us, you know. And by the way, you can, you can uh, you know, send messages on the Facebook if you want to. Zach, you watching over there? You keep an eye on it, right? So... You got something you want to say, go right ahead and pass it on to us. We'll read it on the air, no problem whatsoever. If you have something you want to say on the air, get into a conversation with us, 501-823-0965. That goes for you on Facebook. You want to call us, you can do that, 501-823-0965. I just started a watch party, so there's uh, 25 people with us right now, and the numbers are going up by the second, 28, 30, so yeah. Come on. So people can call in. I'm going to type that number in for people who want to call in and say something. It is 501. What is it again? Mm 823-0965. Okay. Okay. So with that in mind, we talked about something that was specific to Arkansas when we talked uh, the first hour about Jeremy Hutchinson, former state senator. I say former because he resigned uh, his post in his office and now is under indictment in three specific areas, two in Arkansas, one in Missouri, and uh, today through July 8th, I guess it's going to be kind of called the uh, State Senator Jeremy Hutchinson Walk of Shame, Mm. uh, as he does kind of does a perp walk uh, in Arkansas and over in Missouri and Mm -hmm. pleads guilty now. He pled not guilty. Now he will plead guilty to the charges. And for charges. people who didn't know, this is the very senator who voted against ethics legislation that two of our best 
most conservative state senators, Senator Linda Collins-Smith, who is now dead, uh, murdered, and State Senator Brian King tried to pass. Mm -hmm. Now we know why he didn't want ethics legislation. Mm. Well, I got to get Mark Johnson back on because, you know, his piece of secondary piece of legislation that put some real teeth uh, in uh, the ethics legislation is an interim committee right now. What does it say, though? What does it say, guys, that we have to have legislation passed to tell our legislators how to behave ethically? What, it tells what, us that <laughs> we're fallen creatures is what it tells us. Well, they're people, and, the, and a lot of times people are bad people are drawn to positions of power. Yeah, and sometimes whenever there's so much money, when there's billions and millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake, sometimes it, it can be lucrative. But the bill that I that I brought last week that the our legislators passed. Lots of words that did nothing. Yeah, they, that said – but now that was the ethics bill. The ethics bill, oh, okay. yeah, it was hollow. But they passed another bill that said that it was going to double the fines, double the fines for okay. ethics violations. But That's it, putting some teeth in. But but then it took out the problem. See, the problem is is everyone in the past years, if you had campaign money that people gave you to run through the campaign, you could not use that for personal use right. in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You could give it to nonprofit organizations, and you could give it to other people that were running, running, for, for, office. running for office or to pay some of their debt. That's all you could do for, for it. So that's the reason if you could have a million dollars in your campaign fund, but you couldn't use any of it for personal use. Right. So there were so many people doing legal things. All they did was they passed a law that said you can use it now. You can use it so now. They, so they so were breaking now, the law. Now they're just legalizing Right. So if you're doing something unethical and you change the law, that makes it ethical. What's, so now you can take your campaign money and use it for anything that is in alignment with your office. So if you want to get a 500000 condominium downtown this close, or you want to buy a new Mercedes-Benz to drive well, back and forth guy, to the Capitol. Who was the guy that was up in the Jonesboro area that was doing all the rehab and renovating and stuff with campaign money? Now he wouldn't get in problems with that. That's exactly right. So that's the so that's what one of the things I was so upset about last week. Mm-hmm. You were. You were I was angry. upset last week because I read that bill and it's saying instead of uh, of making sure in the bill said that it was an ethics reform bill again, another bill that was going to double the fines for violations, but then it made a loophole for everybody that wanted to spend the money where they can spend the money on personal things as long as it's in alignment with their office. And one more thing is the Arkansas Ethics Committee. Now, people hear the Arkansas Ethics Committee. They're appointed by the governor. They're appointed by the Speaker of the House, by the pro tem, and uh, and one other person. So the people, they say, this is going to go for the Ethics Committee. Oh. It's going for the people that appointed them. So the foxes, are, go- so the foxes are going to judge themselves. Right. The foxes guarding the hen house and making the rules. So if someone's doing something unethical in the state of Arkansas, we're just going to pass a law to make it mm-hmm. ethical, and but, then everybody, there won't, but, be, there won't be a problem anymore. That, let me jump <laughs> to the phones. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you? Elizabeth, are you there? Whoop. Hung up. Okay. Go ahead. So that kind of reminds me of a case, you know, back several years ago, I was in the Senate Judiciary Committee, and there was a, a senator, I think, I guess he was a senator at the time, 
brought up a bill that was going to legalize some some activity that was already going on. So I think the law required various different government agencies to bring up um, excess surplus items and sell them at public auction or something of that nature. And instead of doing that, they were, I think, giving them to to fellow employees or some of that nature. And it wasn't legal. And um, so they were bringing up a bill, and they and they basically said, well, we're already doing this. We're just trying to make it pass a law to make it legal. And they actually said that in committee. Well, that's what Jeremy Hutchinson said uh, uh, when he was being interrogated or uh, on the stand. He said, well, I don't know why I'm getting so much trouble. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> right. Let's get some names. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah, he's well, maybe he's going to turn. Maybe he's going to turn some if people. If that's the case, maybe he knows all these names and that's Which is, what he's doing. Maybe that's well, why he's it, pleading guilty. I don't guilty. know if you all remember several years ago back when the, before they changed the way that they paid the legislators, a lot of the legislators would would have a have – a, um, they kind of hire their spouse as an assistant. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, so they get their extra what $20,000. Oh yeah, I saw that. A year. And so I mean, just about everybody did it, I think. I mean, and it just wasn't legitimate. I mean, you know, there might have been one or two people out there that would hire somebody and they would actually bring them to the capital and and they'd help them out. But in a lot of cases, I think it was just an extra $20,000 they could find a loophole for. All right, so we missed Elizabeth. We've got her back. Elizabeth, how are you? Although, wait a second, I shouldn't say it's a woman because <laughs> with the climate that we live in now, it might be a guy. I know. Yes, it's it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on for a sec. I actually, um, you know, I'm a you know 18 year old conservative student, and listening to your show just uh, really just you're just hitting on all these really big key issues. That you know, I saw the Second Amendment on there, and then. You know, you're talking about all these different politicians. Yes. And, you know, it really actually makes me realize and continue to preach the fact that a lot of these actions of these politicians, whether it's them lying, you know, actually not having um, the welfare of the American people in mind, they're kind of doing it for themselves. I think it just goes back to values and, you know, the way this country's changing and the way that my generation is, you know, now essentially gathering to get free stuff and not work for anything. And, you know, I just, I think that, you know, these politicians just, a lot of them don't have the American people's interest in their heart. All right. So you tell, you tell me, Elizabeth, are you in high school right now? No. So I actually just graduated from a military academy um, for high school. Oh, good for you. That's why I'm hearing a totally different story from a public school student. (laughs) There you go. Well, I actually... I actually went to a public school three years, and my First and Fourth Amendment rights were violated as a conservative student, and um, Fox News blasted it, a few, you know, Washington Examiner, and since then, I was like, the fact that I have to transfer to a private school, and my parents pay, you know, $40,000 for me to get an education without um, people discriminating against me, grading me differently, I got spit on for being a Trump supporter, and, you know... I feel like some, you know, something needs to be done because the left and these politicians specifically on the left continue to say, you know, well, we need more of this. We need more of that. You know, look at, you know, the LGBTQ community. Look at all these, you know, people they are under attack. But in reality, they're trying to shut down our right as U.S. citizens, right? To, like free speech, essentially. Oh, well, that's right. the left. The left has been working on that for several years we made a, a significant move forward last General Assembly when we made safe spaces uh, absolutely verboten on uh, public colleges here in Arkansas. Right. 
Definitely. You can't do that. So here's my question for you, Elizabeth. You're out of uh, you're out of military school. Where now? Um, well, I'm actually home at the moment. Um, I am out near Northern Virginia, so it's right outside, outside of D.C. Um, and in the fall, I'm headed to um, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> that's where my daughter does her homeschool. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. awesome. We're, we're applauding for you, Elizabeth. And just thank be- you so much. So what uh, what uh, military school was it? Branch specific was it Army, Navy, Marine, Air Force? Yeah. So. It was an Army Junior ROTC. Um, I took JROTC. It was um, about an hour and a half from my house. And, cool. you know, one thing that I enjoyed is every single morning when we went out there, it was you respect the flag. It didn't matter who you were, what you believed, whether you were liberal or Republican or conservative. doesn't matter. You went out there and, you know, you learned the actual core American values. You learned about the Constitution and things like that, whereas in public school, you know, I would walk past the classrooms and see half the students sitting for the Pledge of Allegiance every morning with their earbuds in, joking around. Mm. Hey, Elizabeth, uh, if you can see, and I, I'm assuming you found out about us through my Facebook page, uh, Paul, who's yes, sitting to yes. my left, is single. <laughs> yeah, we just want you to know that, We Elizabeth. just want you to know that, Elizabeth. So you, you, you heard it first right here, and you're talking his language, okay? So I just thought I'd pass that on. Okay, so awesome. thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank you. All right, <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing for me before we leave, all right? Absolutely. Here's what I'd like you to say. Hi, this is Elizabeth. Hoorah! I listen to the Dave Ellswick Show. Can you say that for me? Yes. Hey, can you repeat what you want me to say one more yeah. time? Hi, this is Elizabeth from Virginia. Hoorah! I listen to the Dave Ellswick Show. The Dave, you're cutting out a little bit. The Dave, Dave, Dave Ellswick. Ellswick Show. Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, perfect. My name is Elizabeth Najar from Northern Virginia, and I listen to the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, Ellswick. <laughs> we'll get it, we'll get it right. If you said the we'll Jan Morgan right. Show, she and, would have gotten it right. And listen, listen, Elizabeth, you got to give me an oorah, all right? I mean, that's, you're that's army. Super, Come on, give me an oorah. Oorah. Uh, all right, all right, that's good. We can put it all together. Thank you much, Elizabeth. Have a great day there in Virginia. We appreciate you being part of the Dave Ellswick uh, Show today. we got to get a quick break. Let's get that, then we'll take more of your calls. 501-823-0965. All right, back with you. you got a, uh, is that a phone of yours a... Uh, Android or Android? It's a, are you kidding? It's an iPhone. Okay, well, I do not iPhone have 7. a plug for an iPhone. Yeah, because I'm about Although to lose maybe battery. That, let's see if that plug that is over there that I gave to you, Zach, that was left here in the that studio. That white one this morning, that yeah. wasn't an iPhone. That wasn't iPhone an iPhone that was here? It was not, no. No. I remember seeing it. Nope, was uh, not. Okay, so we can't help you. Yep. All right, Mike is in Little Rock. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. What you got well, for us? I was enjoying the uh, Second Amendment talk earlier. Okay. And I was wondering some opinions of you guys on uh, Bible verses that might uh, support the Second Amendment. Okay. Well, isn't it? It's in Mark or Luke. I, I can't forget which one, but if you, it's uh, the verse about the sword Who has no where sword. Jesus told his disciples. Yeah, he said, Give if, you don't, a have second, a, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Yeah, that's, that's the the sword of biblical times is the is the gun of today. 
I'll, words, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'll do for you, Mike. In the 5 o'clock hour, the Bible guys will be here. That's Luke twenty two thirty six. And I will mm-hmm. ask them specifically, and I'm sure that they can give you the whole thing about self-defense in the Bible. Okay? Yeah. How about, though, Alicia, he, some kids was making fun of him, and he called down those bears. The bears came out. Oh, yeah. Hit all those kids. Isn't yeah. that kind of like the guns? Well, kind of, well, but not, not but really. That's, that's kind of more. I mean, like, I, that's kind of like more, more I, like God taking control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God took care of them. Oh, okay. That's well. Uh, like. Happy 100th episode. Let's hope for 100 more. Okay, we appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Mike. But yeah, I, the Bible guys come. If you've not been a part of the show before, uh, five o'clock on Tuesdays, Bible guys come in, mm-hmm. and if you have any questions about Scripture or things, just like Mike was asking. You call, ask, they'll give you some great answers. It's actually a very interesting show. I listen on the way home when I leave yeah. here every Tuesday. Yes, it's good stuff. Yeah. I've got I've got an interesting question for him today. I know what the answer is going to be already. But you remember when Christ had the woman at the well, the, the adulteress, and everybody showed up to stone her? And, of course, that's where we got you who out sin, cast right. the first, first stone. stone. Right. He wrote something in the in the sand. Right. And the is, question is, what, what was, was it, it that he wrote? And nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows. Right. You know, they have some ideas mm-hmm. through rabbinical law about, you know, what he may have done. We'll talk about that. So, so was the that Bible kind of also a, has some information in it about foolish questions. <laughs> yeah. well, there are plenty of things we do know, and and, 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 so and, it, and we know everything. Ephesians four four says the, the Bible is fully furnished to all good works. So uh, we got everything we need anyway. So, so was there kind of a, a rabbinical <laughs> tradition where someone would write in the sand, and it was a, kind of a tradition to no, the, the yeah, the rabbinical, I guess you would say, it hangs around as kind of a a myth or something because mm-hmm. there's nothing to prove it. Right, is that he started writing? I mean, we're talking about Jesus here, right? right? He started writing the people's names in the sand that were okay were there, and he wasn't introduced to him. He knew who they were, though, because no. he's Jesus, right? right? So he's writing their names in the sand, and they could mm-hmm. see that. And that's when he said, you who are without sin, throw the first, cast the first mm-hmm. stone, and they started dropping the stones. At so that so, so the, mm-hmm. the, the, the tradition was that, that he was actually convicting them. Yes. He was actually. They, he knew. This, they, were, they were brought under conviction. Yeah, Bob slept with her Thursday mm-hmm. night. Sam yeah. slept with her. Yeah, he probably didn't have the, didn't have it have you that specific. The, the only sins he mentions, Paul mentions, the single guy mentions, are sexual sins. Mm-hmm. But that's the only that, that's. No, no, I talk about lots of other stuff like theft and, mm-hmm. and, and right. I didn't hear occup- theft and occupational I, all I heard licensing. So and so slept with so and so, and so and so slept well, with so and so. This is a, this is a, it's this okay, is, Paul. But this is a story. Just, of, we just had a brief insight okay. into your mind. But this is all. a story about sexual immorality, though. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the woman at the well, she was caught in adultery, and and the question was, should we stone her? We've got to find you a wife. Uh, that would yeah. be nice. We need to. How many men though do you hear say that? He says, "I'm looking for a wife." Five times. Yeah. No, that was a that was the the woman at the well. He said, "You've been." married five times and actually that's an interesting and you're story. living with another man yeah now. she said the one you have he said the one you have now is not your own yeah or not your it's, a, it's a very important story yeah. it really really is all right we got to get let's get a break we got to get a break because we got to talk uh, about news uh the president today john bolton said this yesterday he said do not take the president's hesitancy to strike iran as as weakness that's not what it was 
And uh, today the president said if they would shoot at one of our ships or, you know, strike one of our ships, uh, the force of the United States military would be completely unleashed on Iran. And then that's that's what they have to understand. Do I have time to add something that someone in the Facebook Live is at saying? 40 seconds. Tam, Tammy Eastridge says, today is remembering Anthony Bourdain Day. Today and every day should be remember the 22 veterans a day who commit suicide. No, yes. Yeah. That's, that's a, absolutely, absolutely 22 true. 22 a day. Did you see the guy that got the uh, Medal of Honor today? He was <laughs> the first living uh, Iraq War veteran. veteran who has been given the Medal of Honor. Really? Alive. I mean, so most if you know, gotten it posthum- watch something inspiring on Netflix, there is a, a Medal of Honor docu- documentary. Uh, you ought to watch all the episodes. All right. News is next. All right. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, who are you? Terry from Pine Bluff. All right. Terry from Pine Bluff. How you doing, Terry? How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. What's up? All right, uh, I want to talk about uh, animals in the in the Bible. I'm a huge animal fan, and I love Jesus too, sir. I don't understand what you're trying to say, Terry. You want to try to make that clear? Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Uh, I'm a huge fan of animals in the Bible. Okay, animals. Most notably frogs. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, and yeah, and. Uh, and I don't get why they have such a bad rep. Now, no. You're done, buddy. Go, go talk to your frogs. Sit on the side of the uh, of the pond and contemplate, and ask them why they went after the pharaoh. Hey, okay? these people have voting rights. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, but they don't I have just, rights to my I, show. Right. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I understand what you're it saying. It explains a lot. It explains how people like Ocasio-Cortez get elected. That's... I, yeah. Yeah. AOC. Mm-hmm. Hello, Roger. How are you? How are things in Little Rock where you're at? Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, bro. Good. Uh, I'm just wondering, Dave, do you think it's weird that they're including such an unpopular character on the 100th episode? You got me. All right. We've got people, let me just say, over the last few weeks, there have been people attacking this radio station because of uh, a uh, post that was made on uh, Facebook by someone who used to work here many moons ago. And since that time has occurred, they think it's funny to call in and prank the show and punk the show. If, hmm. if evidently you all don't have jobs <laughs> since we're sitting here at three, three thirty in the afternoon, evidently you don't have a job. And the best thing that you can do is smoke a bowl and call my show. And, and if that's the case, okay, cool. You know, fine with me. I'll just cut you off. That's what I'll do. All right. Eight, uh, five Oh one, eight, two, three Oh nine, six, five. You can be the next person who wants to make a serious comment here to the show well we got one more that we had two strikes yeah one yeah, more one more yeah, crazy that's all yeah, we need. we've had two we need a third so so uh and you're right these are people that probably vote mm-hmm. and that really should scare everybody but probably on their medical marijuana right now that's probably why he's yeah he probably has his way. card mm-hmm. yeah and then he's bitching because he 
him problems carrying his gun or whatever. Anyway, I don't know what's going on about that. What, where are we on that? Have, have they made any specific statement about this? Well, it has exploded since I was on the show last week. You know, I had just come fresh from the hearing. Yeah, that was nuts. Where, yeah, Paul missed all that. So we had a legislative committee. It was the, the Rules Committee meeting okay. uh, to discuss the whole thing about Arkansas State Police and their overreach in their request for information uh, into your privacy in order to give you a license. Right. I, carry. I saw a okay, video okay, on some that. of that. Yeah. Well, then, then it kind of went from there where legislators actually asked state, the state police colonel Bryant and the state police attorney, Mary Claire, mm-hmm. about about the, the chick who their position. Threat, yeah. Do you, do you understand? Do you understand that Arkansas is a constitutional carry state? And is your position that people do not have to have a license to carry concealed? And Colonel Bryant said, no, you do have to have a license to carry a gun concealed in the state of Arkansas. And the legislators got angry because and because the colonel basically just told them, I don't care what you all think. I don't care about the resolutions you passed. I don't care what the Arkansas state constitution says in Article 2, Sections 5 and 29. I'm the state police colonel, and I say that you have to have a license to carry concealed. And by the way, you still need to check with all your county prosecuting attorneys because all that's subject to their interpretation individually. And we're going to encourage them to maybe tweak tweak their interpretation. If you to, saw to, the video that I we did. broadcast live there, see, there were those I, legislators I, were angry. I saw that video. And so and one of the things I think that, that's kind of notable about what Mary Claire McClaskill, I think that's how you say her name, something of that nature, is that she said that there were a list of exceptions in the law. There's not a list of exceptions in 573-120. There's a list of permissibles. That is not the same as an well, exception. Well, the, the Article 2 of the Arkansas State Constitution is non-negotiable. It is extremely clear in Sections 5 and 29. Sections 29 says any effort to regulate or restrict is inviolate. So but, that means you can't regulate a right. Hey, that's, but they're that's not basing line. their decisions. What you're doing, you're going to the Constitution and reading the Constitution. The director of the Arkansas State Police does not go to the state no, Constitution. No, he answers to the governor. Right. And the he governor can make one governor. phone call, and in 30 seconds, he gov- can stop all of this confusion that, and that's chaos. That's exactly right. Was, so but if you using, listen to him carefully, he regurgitated the governor's position, which is Arkansas is a constitutional carry state, but that is not inconsistent with a licensing requirement to conceal carry and still you should check with your county prosecutor that is verbatim what the governor said on his facebook page that's why colonel bryant is saying that all right tim is on the phone has a question for you jan okay all right tim here's your time to ask your question go all right thank you jan Mm -hmm. uh this is tim in arizona all right we've spoken several times before okay but my question for you today is in the face of all this ridiculousness going on in Washington and in Arkansas, as well as Arizona and other places, how do you keep your calm? Well, I don't always. <laughs> if you look on the Internet, you'll see a few times where I've exploded. Uh, but you know what? You, you you just have to keep fighting, Tim. And is this Tim Curtin? By any chance, C U R T A from at Facebook, I believe it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, just you you have to. You, you, there's such thing as righteous indignation, and uh, I let that out often. But then you have to come back to the table, and you still have to work with these people that are representing us, or you work to replace the people who are misrepresenting us. And you can't do that if you're constantly in a you're in a you're in a perpetual state of anger. So you know we just get out there and keep plugging away. There's no other option. 
the good book tells us to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Both my feasts are black and blue. Yes, I know. I know. But see, the problem is, is we still have too many Americans who aren't paying attention. And so we really have to get out there and educate other citizens. That That's the, 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 the way, biggest problem. Tim, the way we read that verse in the Bible in contemporary religious circles today is not the, what it meant then. Listen at 5 o'clock on my show here that we're, we're doing right now. i got the Bible guys on, and they'll tell you that. Turn the other cheek. Doesn't mean turn your other cheek. Let somebody just waylay Yeah, That's not, not what it's saying. No. Right. Well, there's some things that are happening in this state, and there's some things that happen in this country that should make people bad. The Bible doesn't say not to be angry. It says to anger and sin not. Jesus was so, angry. So he kicked Jesus, over the tables in the temple. Exactly. So there's just a way to handle yourself. Well, it's okay to get angry and to get upset, and people need to be involved. We need Christians involved in politics and every aspect of our education system. And and we need the values and the morals, just like the young girl that called in and saying, why don't these people have the values and the integrity to do the best things for their constituents instead of coming up to the Capitol and trying to make themselves rich? Mm-hmm. You know, she she hit the nail on the head. God is the answer. And uh, but we do have to get angry about what's going on. But we need to handle it in a way. Fortunately, we live in a country where we have the ability to address the situation and do it in a legal way. But we've removed God from just about every facet of people's lives, every every public arena. We've 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 taken God out of school. We've taken God out of our city council meetings. Do you know? Did you see the city council meeting? Uh, there was actually a video of it where the a Satanist led the invocation a bunch of people got up and and walked out they were so angry but the the country was that that, that because the supreme court ruled that you can't do that and so they had to allow a satanist to lead the prayer in the city council maybe that was more maybe that was more consistent with the with a lot of city councils anyway maybe they should have a satanist lead their prayers for the the kind of garbage there is a video the guys i just saw it last night i believe you i'm just i'm just saying so many city councils they're 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 just their their morals are are garbage maybe the satanist saying their prayers would be more more appropriate well they the city councils just believe that 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 they're the answer for all the problems in the community but uh i'll tell you one thing you're talking about people in the south earlier Mm -hmm. people in south we put god first we put our families next and we put country third now well i don't care what the supreme court says Mm -hmm. if you're starting a meeting uh, we put God first in our lives in in this state and in this country. We're going to lead a prayer before we start a meeting, and we're going to ask for guidance, and we're going to ask him to help us make decisions, whether it be city council or, or whatever. So uh, the Supreme Court has power, but they do not have the power over God and, and over his the word, and we're going to put him the, first. The ultimate power for this country is the United States Constitution and Bill of Rights. And everything that we do should be measured against that. And then, of course, if you're a Christian, measured against the biblical principles as well, first and foremost. But that Constitution and Bill of Rights is not negotiable. No, it's not it's, negotiable. But, 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 hey, it's been, used, it's been used against us, and we can't allow it. Whenever they try to take the freedom of religion, the people that came to this country came to this country for freedom of religion because they were coming from England and different mm-hmm. places where there was a natural there was a nat- national religion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you didn't adhere to the national re- religion you got mm-hmm. your head cut off you, right. you got your head cut off well, it, so they all got in a boat and didn't even know where they were going 
And now they're trying to take it away from you us know, again. Uh, people who say separation of church and state is in the Constitution, it is not. Thomas Jefferson, when he was president, wrote a letter to the Danbury Baptists telling them that the national government would never allow a national church. Now, here's something to understand and read your, your history. There were state, state churches of all kinds in this country, and uh, Jefferson had no problem with state churches because yeah, he believed in states' rights. Yeah, if you ever watched the movie Johnny Tremaine, that was a case where he was getting in trouble because he was working on this on Sunday, I think, and so he hurt himself, but he was afraid to, to let people know, I think, because it was illegal what he was doing. It was a state church issue. That's exactly you know, right. We should have Iverson, Pastor Iverson Jackson on sometime soon. He and I just had this discussion last week about churches taking uh, advantage of that tax-exempt status. Mm-hmm. He said, we don't, we don't need that because once you do that, the government has strings attached to your church and oh, to your absolutely. pastor and what you can and can't say. Uh, and I, I just wonder how many churches would be willing to give up that. You know, the whole point of having a tax-exempt status is so that churches could take care of, of, of welfare cases, the widows, the children. The Now the government does a majority of that. And, and so, you know, I, I'm not sure if I was a pastor of a church that I would want the government telling me what I can and can't preach because can't right now it. you can lose your tax-exempt status. Yeah, can't do it. They need if to keep you, their ta- tax-exempt status. They have no control over uh, people's religious freedom. So you're exactly right. And the problem with that is all these nonprofit organizations that call themselves religious organizations, mm-hmm. and you've got all these nonprofits that are going after our federal tax dollars. Well, and, 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 and actually and, and, violating our law. The, exactly the Catholic right. Church is taking billions of dollars. And I don't mean to step on any Catholic's toes, but I'm just being honest here. Look it up. This is not Jan's opinion. This is a fact. They're taking billions of dollars from the government to house and take care of people who are coming into this country illegally. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, why are we doing, why don't we just turn these people around and turn them back toward the border and say, get out of here. Right. I'm re- sorry. The reason I rose, I raised my hand is because it's time to take a break. So I got to let everybody know on the panel that we're going to do, and that's going to let you know who are watching on Facebook. Well, Dave's going to take a break. Go to the bathroom now, get a drink, whatever you want to do. We'll be back in about three minutes. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, Bible Guys coming up at 5 o'clock. If you have a question, Guys at SalemLR.com. And that'll get to uh, the special little mailbox that we've got for them. And... Uh, I'll be ready to answer those questions coming at 5 o'clock. But right now, we're back with Power Panel. Artie Hopper is here. He is the owner, proprietor, main bottle washer over at Sonny's and uh, has become a very good friend of mine. And I have him on here every Tuesday whenever he wants to come by. I, I think it's for the big check that we pay. <laughs> and then we got, uh, you know, they Jam, pay you to be here? Jam Morgan is here as well. You get I, a check. I, hmm. I didn't say how much they were. Where are you sending were. those? Yeah, I know. They get lost in the mail. I think they're lost. And then, uh, and then Paul Calvert is here. Well, Jan, I'm going to tell you what. Dave pays me twice as much as he pays you. That's really? right. Uh-huh. Okay, now I'm really mad. Your rays become effective when you do. <laughs> I know. Wait, aren't we? Ta- we took our taxi bills today, didn't we're, we? We're, we're, we're priceless. Yeah. 
our check is in the form of a attendance check mark on the side <laughs> of our name. Yeah, check. <laughs> just, I tell, there's one guy who who texts me uh, constantly because I will not change my mind on Medicare expansion or Medicaid expansion. And my goal, my, my whole case about it is that uh, it is not the best way to go. And he'll, he'll send me countless things about how it has helped people and things of that nature. There's ways of doing the exact same thing to help people without tying us down with bureaucratic BS that comes with Medicaid expansion. That's what I don't understand. Plus, giving uh, health care uh, to people that if they'd get off their ass and go work, they would get it probably for from their, their, their uh, employment. employment or they could afford it, period. Right, but but how, and how, I think you should buy it if you can afford it. You shouldn't get it for free. But how else would the state government be able to bring in all this free money? Billions of dollars, billions right, of dollars. And, 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 they can, and they can fleece extra off of that by taxing it as it comes through. Oh, yeah. I mean, so how, so, so how, how can we expect these politicians to, to – give up on the opportunity to get free money to line their pockets and get nine hundred thousand dollars for medicaid companies over three or four years my question to him though just real quick dave i've i'm at a hundred percent asking democrats this question on medicaid uh should insurance companies get 25 percent of the taxpayer's money in between the hard-working taxpayer and the person that needs health care just ask him, should the insurance company make 25% between the taxpayer oh, and the person that needs me? So if, if you <laughs> want to call in and answer that question, this is RD. Uh, so far, I've asked Hillary Clinton supporters, Bernie Sanders supporters, and I've asked some Republicans. And no one has told me yet that it's a good idea for insurance companies to take our tax money, make 25% profit before they get it. Because what they have to do... you. You have to take that out of the care that people get, and that's 25% care that people don't get because we're having to put the insurance companies in the middle. Before Barack Obama, we, the the hospitals would give people care if a lady was having a baby. Before Barack Obama, they didn't have babies in the streets. People didn't, didn't go to the hospital with their arm half cut off, and they said, let him lay out and bleed to death. Before Barack Obama, people got taken care of better than they're getting taken care of now. The hospital would take care of people's needs, and then they would have a tax write-off for unsecured or unpaid care, and they could write it off on their taxes. Well, when people were getting the care from the hospital and they were getting a tax discount, guess what? Taxpayers' dollars went dollar for dollar for giving people the care that they need. As Republicans, we don't believe that people shouldn't get care. They should get a certain amount of care, and we'll see they get the care. But we don't believe that they should get the same thing that that the working person gets, it should be limited. But what do you think of President Trump's uh, announcement yesterday that he wants to regulate, that he personally wants to regulate uh, the pricing 
of hospitals. You know, they're charging too much for this and charging too much for that. Well, How do you feel to. about that? that that's, that's wrong. That's, no. It is wrong. It's it, wrong. It is wrong. That is, that mm-hmm. is stepping, that is government regulating mm-hmm. private business. It is. And, and, I, and I, it, that is too much government. I want less government. The, America works best when our government governs least. We need free market enterprise and capitalism, and it will work if the government will just get the crap out of it. And, and if people would stop thinking somehow somehow that free health care is a right. It's not a right. Show me where in the Constitution and Bill of Rights it says that we have a right to health care. It's, it's right next to the right to, to caviar and lobster. Yeah, well, the Democrats, <laughs> if you listen to the Democrat candidates for president, they keep talking about Americans have a right to free health care as if it's – I'm saying, where is that? No, where it, is it, that? It, 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 it's hogwash. You know, if you're a slave, you have a right to free health care, you have a right to housing, you have a right to food and clothing. If you're a free man, guess what? You have a right to go pursue those things. Exactly. Thank you. And if you're disabled, people will help you. If you That's if what you, the church it, is supposed to right, do. Church is supposed to reach out and help those people. That's why they get a tax and, exemption. And if you're a total exactly moron right. jerk and you become disabled, people might not help you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a possibility. There has to be that, some that, accountability. That's, that's, that's one reason to be a nice person because the, the fact is having a social life is good for you. Not burning bridges with your families. Family is good for you. You know, one of the things about, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and mother. That is a social structure that helps to, to take care of you in your old age. That's you know, exactly I, I right. can tell you, as someone who's traveled this state, and I'm sure that Arkansas is not an exception, okay, listening to people and talking to people, there is a, a general mentality out there, even of people who call themselves Republicans and conservatives, that it's the government's job to take care of all our needs. Whatever our problems are, we've got to reach out and the government should have a solution. And and they expect Go politicians to, to promise to be the kind of government hey. to answer those Go. problems. President Eisenhower says if you want to be fed free, want a place to freely sleep. Want to be out of the weather go freely? Prison. Go to prison. There you go. Right. Or move to another country. Uh, you know, do, just give me my freedom. I want my freedom. They'll That's take all care I want. Of it. We got to go to a news right now because I'm not free. <laughs> I'm being told I must go to, to news. So you actually so, do get a paycheck. Yeah, I do. We got to take. We got to take the news. When we come back, information about the Linda Collins murder. That's coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to uh, Kish Moody uh, here back and forth on Facebook, and we're going to have him on uh, in the next couple of weeks on a Friday. Kish is a local singer-songwriter who is very, very good, and uh, we'll have him in. He'll share his new music with us. That's always cool. All right, so let me uh, move away from talking about um, music. We've got breaking news. You know that we... We told you we'd bring you the facts as we get them, mm-hmm. and I had heard about this uh, through some sources, and then it and then came, now it's came actually out, out in print. It's yeah. out in print. So let me turn over to Jan Morgan. This deals with Linda Collins. State Senator Linda Collins' murder. Okay, so this is according to the NEA report page on Facebook, which is a credible news organization, Mm -hmm. okay? They're saying that several pieces of video have been turned over to investigators in the murder of former state Senator Linda Collins related to the suspect, Rebecca Lynn O'Donnell, okay? They say that video evidence shows O'Donnell buying an unusual amount of bleach at a local retailer in Pocahontas, 
and has been turned over to authorities in Randolph County. The video was recorded before June 4th when Collins was found murdered and wrapped in a covering outside of her home. Uh, and this is the Walmart store in Pocahontas that has turned this video over, according to NAA report. A store source who was aware of the video's existence confirmed this for release to NAA report on Tuesday, June 25th. They said, we first learned of the last week, but were asked to hold the report until now. The video was captured by security cameras at Walmart in Pocahontas before Collins was found. The date and time of the video was not known by our Walmart source According to NEA report, but according to our source, O'Donnell entered the store and purchased multiple containers of bleach. The amount was considered an unusual quantity. She was apparently alone during that visit. O'Donnell is facing charges that include tampering with evidence, abuse of a corpse, and capital murder. Now listen to this. It says, in addition, another security video exists from the same Walmart location showing both O'Donnell and her fiancé, Tim Loggins, Returning to the store to make purchases after the bleach trip, this would have been irrelevant by itself except for one detail. One detail. Listen to this. Collins' debit or credit card was used during that trip. It's so funny. It's not funny what we just heard. What was funny is that as we were walking down the hallway here at the station, I looked Mm -hmm. at Jan and I, I said, by my sources, have you heard this? And I don't think you had at that point, right? I had heard some of that, but not all of that. Okay. And then we sat down here. Uh, we were doing the show, and Wayne just, Beach texted me yeah, the, the report. You just looked up at me, mm-hmm. and then we took a break, and she says, you're not going to believe what I just got. Mm-hmm. I thought that was something. Right. Okay. Yeah. So... Anyway, well, the key. Hope, we hope that justice is served. Well, uh, the we, next we, movement is not until what July thirty first, isn't that the arraignment? Am I well, correct that I, I heard they arrested her, and now the arraignment will before the judge right. will I come up on the thirty first. I probably won't be there for the arraignment, but during the trial itself, I will. I plan to be Live there reports, covering it right here. for you and for everyone else. Yeah. Yes, keep so. that keep you that know, in mind. I grew up in small town Ar- in small town Arkansas. To where, you know, there's the people that are the haves and the people that are ha- the have-nots. Mm-hmm. And the haves usually have real good connections with the judges and the people at the courthouse and all and, and all of those things. Because they all know each other. They all know each other real well. So uh, all I hope and pray is the federal government is involved in this investigation and that there is someone from outside that town in that county and that all of the truth comes out about well, it. Well, I'm told that an attorney in Little Rock is actually a public defender is representing O'Donnell. Yes. And my my question is, it, it seems to me that there should be a not only a change of venue request, but a recusal by the acting prosecuting attorney as well as the, the acting judge in this case because of – of the you know the the, the relationships between uh, Senator Collins' ex husband, who was a judge, who was disbarred, uh, and and was you know uh, the judges are colleagues friends. of those judges. Yes, the, the prosecuting attorneys. So, they said on the plus same that bench. prosecutor got in trouble once before for a, an issue related to withholding evidence before a trial. Uh, and here we go again. We're we're you know small town America, small town. Uh, politics and small town justice. Um, well, Senator it, Alan Clark says that he is going to he is proceeding and asking some questions and he's going to demand some answers. He said, I've waited long enough, not getting enough information. Now, exactly what he's going to do, I'm not sure. You know, can the legislature call a, a hearing, a committee hearing? Well, he said they may get information that he couldn't release to the public, but he wants some information to make sure 
that you know this is being handled properly. They might be able to because they, they do have some access um, to some of the closed door stuff that we don't mm-hmm. have access to, and I don't know exactly what that is. But some of the some of the child welfare welfare cases they can sit on in, in right. on that are not open to the public. Right. But a murder case, capital murder case, you would think that would be a public trial. Well, I would hope, and uh, and I, I hope everybody is sending emails and contacting our, our federal representatives, but. But I have, and I definitely believe that we need to demand that the the federal government get involved in this, and this is just not some local sheriff and local judge uh, uh, taking care of the people in the county that that they know all too well. Well, you know, the FOIA request for the information from the probable cause hearing has been denied. They refuse to release that information. Hmm. Yeah, and the, and whole, so, so the whole thing. So that's why people are upset. Familiar. They're like, "What is? Where is the the evidence?" Because a probable cause hearing, the whole point that you know the the FOIA request was for the affidavit of probable cause, which establishes there is enough evidence here to proceed to proceed with a murder trial. They, well, and, and the reason yesterday we had Robert Steinbach on, yeah, and we talked about this some. And uh, what did you he know, say? What did well, those, he was talking about. The difference between a gag order and I forget what the other term was. That but, he, but they're they're saying it's not a gag order. It now they're not. calling it something else. Yeah, uh, it's some kind of protection order. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that he didn't believe it was necessary, and that because they're proceeding this way, all it does is cause people to say, "What are they trying to hide?" Right. He says he doesn't. You know. He believes that they're not hiding anything, but because of the way that they're carrying on, it makes people assume. Mm-hmm. Because in our country today, people don't have it the way it used to be back when I was a lot younger, had you know belief in the United States and our court systems and our police well. and all the rest. There's, and there's good reason for why, the doubt. We have evidence. Well, but they, we you know, have people evidence. Are, you know, this, one thing we know, we can say, that because there, people were just all this conspiracy theory crap that was out there. This is related to the Clintons. The Clintons did this. Or, you know, it's CPS or DHS or whatever. Blaming it on everybody except, you know, whatever. But, but, but the bottom line is people just want to know because Senator Collins was so loved. loved. So yeah, loved, exactly and people right. want it. People just want to know that the that the right person has been arrested or persons, and that justice will be done. And that I say that I that. think it will be. I think that it's like any other thing that works its way through the legal system. It's slow. Just well, I think what I've slow. seen it so slow in small town politics that it never that it never saw the light of day. You well, know, just, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, because I think you would agree a, a with me, Artie. This is too high profile a case to. Sweep under the rug. That's not going to happen. Well, I, I hope every, I, I hope you're right, and I'm, I hate, I'm not going to be one of those conspiracy theory persons that 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 come up with all that stuff. But we have seen the uh, the IRS used politically. We have seen the uh, Department of Justice used politically. We have seen the Arkansas State Police manipulated before <laughs> politically, or I have. I, I, I'll give you an instance on that. If if you don't believe me, I'll give you an instance on it. So uh, uh, we just want to see justice prevail, and it needs to be in a different court system, and there needs to be fresh eyes looking at it and not just the local yokels because the local yokels are biased. Yes, and there are a lot of people out there who know Becky O'Donnell and say she could never do this. There's no way she did this. And I'm and, just telling you, that is inherently wrong way of thinking. 
Because police, in order in a probable cause hearing to charge her with the very specific things they charged her with, capital murder, tampering with evidence and abuse of a corpse, those are very specific crimes. And in order to name those and charge her individually with each one of those, there has to be relevant evidence. Uh, you know, so well, there should be. But the thing is, those sometimes you you get you get rogue. Well, yeah, for example, if they use the fact that Rebecca O'Donnell is supposedly in this video at Walmart buying a bunch of bleach, well, Linda Collins had a hotel and bleach is used in cleaning hotels. And it was rather, you know, and and Becky did a lot of work for her. In fact, I I was told that she actually did payroll after Linda was missing because Linda didn't show up to do payroll. So so that may not be probable cause in a case like that. Well, it's circumstantial. It's circumstantial, right. And a lot of stuff is. And so, but but the thing is, there are some things that that would qualify as probable cause. A video, for instance. might qualify as probable cause mm-hmm. but, from the crime scene, right? Right. And yes. So, so the but but maybe so if you own a hotel and somebody works for you and maybe you use a lot of bleach. Of course, they had, she had sold the hotel, so I don't yeah. know. So who knows? She I don't know if they still had. It, she I think still she had still it. had a different one. Yeah. I think yeah. she still had a small hotel, like so, a rock so who, and roll hotel. So who knows? That, that might have been normal behavior. Don't yeah, know. that was her love, man. She loved the rock and roll hotel. I'm just telling. Hey, <laughs> I, I stayed in that hotel, the rock did and you? roll. Yes, it yeah. was. Yes, I did. It was. It's a pretty cool little place. It's got all the '50s, you know, the '50s furniture mm-hmm. in the lobby, and yeah. it, you just feel like you're stepping back in time. Mm-hmm. And memorabilia. It was, it was fun. Like Senator Collins was. Yeah, fun. Yes. She was. She absolutely. was absolutely. All right, got to get a break in. That's the information uh, that we have that we know is factual. Uh, you uh, you keep it here and know that as that becomes available, we'll be uh, reporting that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So if you've ever wondered how other people get away with paying fewer taxes than everyone else, look at their lawyer. No, I'm uh, learn the little <laughs> learn CPA learn the uh, little known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas, David Lucas Financial. He's the host of the David Lucas Show. You hear that here at 1011 The Answer. Uh, the free analysis reveals the little known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes from your IRA, 401k, Social Security benefits, and a whole lot more. So, to get that analysis, be one of the first 10 callers now at 501 653 6690. Remember, it is a free analysis your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement call 501-653-6690 well if you've been uh, watching uh, jan morgan's page welcome to the dave ellswick show we're here in little rock and we welcome you to join us as we discuss and we're going to discuss a national topic now and not something that is happening specifically in Arkansas. Uh, but before I get to the topic, let me play this. This is a Michigan swing voter, all right, and what he had to say about President Trump. I believe that Trump's objective is to get these jobs back in this country, these jobs that manufacturing jobs that our former president claimed we're never coming back and, and claimed that Trump would have to have a magic wand to get them here. And you have seen them come back. And I have seen them come back. Because you're in the automotive industry, so how have the jobs come back? My son, for example, he's 26 years old, graduated high school. The company he went to work for, well, 
Obama was president, paid him $10 an hour. Um, since that time, the company has expanded to the other side of the state. My son's salary has increased 100%. And you give President Trump credit for that? I give President Trump, yeah, I, I do. I've seen improvement. I have hope for my son's future. There you go. And I think that is what a lot of people will vote in 2020 on is their pocketbook. Mm -hmm. That's always been. I mean, even Clinton understood that. It's the economy, stupid. Stupid, yes. All right? And that's what it's about. Well, then Trump wins, hands down. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. I believe that. Uh, Here's what I wanted to talk to you about. Are you going to sit in front of the TV Thursday and Friday night? For the debate. And and watch the Democrat debate. I'm going to do this, all right? Now, I'm going to record Thursday and Friday because i got to go to the movies to see the movies because I talk about the movies here on the the station. And Thursday night, I'm going to go see Toy Story 4. I love Toy Story. And then on uh, Friday, I'm going to go see the new Annabelle movie. But the bottom line is I'll come home and then I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. I might just bring back a bucket of popcorn from the theater. With me, we'll send you for text all, messages letting you know yeah, how it's going. Are you going to are you going to have a separate bucket? No, for I'm, when it comes back up. I, no, yeah, no, I won't do that. Go ahead. <laughs> I watched the Democratic Party of South Carolina. De- well, uh, you saw a, last, pre- a prequel. For yeah, last night. So I got to hear many of the Democrat uh, hopefuls. So give me a hopeful thing here, uh, if you would, RD. Tell me. Did each different candidate who spoke try to go further to the left than the previous candidate? Definitely. That's exactly what I saw. This is going to be so, so much fun. I can't wait. I so really can't. There's, no, there's no left, right, center to the Democratic Party right <laughs> now. I mean, they are going left hard. Bernie got up there and... and and that everything's going to be free, basically. We're going to forgive your college debt. Warren's You're going to be full of free college. Thing. And uh, they even brought up, well, there's going to be a single-payer system, so everybody is going to Medicare have the, for all. Yeah, Medicare for all, which uh, – so uh, – it, there wasn't any surprises, I could say. It's, it's, it seems like that the the women in the in the races tried to be a little bit stronger and forceful and kind of work their way so, work so their this, way in. But it was the same message by everyone. So is this going to be a socialist kamikaze show? Well, basically, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yep. Absolutely, exactly. it is. They they work on the bleeding hearts, you know, about racism. You got to throw racism in there that Trump's such a racist, and we got to love each other again. And then, no, they're all going to be attacking Joe Biden because they want to get him out of the way because he's leading in all the polls. So yeah. they're going to attack and, him. Oh, and the press is running is is running protection for him right now. There's and no doubt about it. They talked mm-hmm. about immigration also, and the and the how uh, heartless. The current administration of is course. and taking yeah. children away from their families, of course. You know, in the county and county politics from from when I was on the quorum court, you know, if you arrest someone with drug charges and they're doing something illegal uh, and their kids are in the car, you don't take kids to the county jail and, and put them in the jail cell with convicts and, and people like that. They're. You have volunteers and different people. You take the children somewhere safe. You're not going to take them to an adult jail. But, yeah, get ready. I'm going to be there. Be, so that's be my fight. question. I want I'm, people to 823-0965, 501-823-0961. You who are watching other parts of the United States, 
Are you going to watch the debates? Are you watching it for, you know, the the information that you're going to get? Or are you going to watch it for the total entertainment, uh, value. entertainment value that will be there? I'm going to watch it for the entertainment. Entertainment. Value. Who, who's you know, going to come to the top? Who do you think is going to come out on top? In, in I think those? Warren is right now. I think is really is really the one that's on fire. I mean, she passed Bernie now as for second place. He's, he's catching Pocahontas? up with Biden, yeah. Pocahontas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, surely we can, surely we can beat her. But uh, so, but so the sad part about, about <laughs> it is, is whenever they would say something, you know, when Donald Trump was in nuts, his speech in Florida, in Florida, you know, Donald Trump would say something and the crowd would go nuts and he'd have to wait a few minutes before mm-hmm. he could talk again. Yeah. In South Carolina, they would say something like, "We're going to forgive the debt for all the college students in the country." And then you'd hear like three people going. <laughs> yeah. Then, then, then that's they would because say, there's probably 100 people there. Yeah, yeah, then right. they'd say, Medicare for everybody. And then you hear about four people. And then you got yeah. 20,000 something people showing up for Trump yeah, let's, rallies let's and then more people that. outside. Because they talk about Biden being the, the number one for the Dems. Mm-hmm. And he shows up to have an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a couple hundred people show up, right? Then you watch the And how pre- many of those are paid to yeah, show up? Yeah, and the president <laughs> shows up down in Florida, which is going and to be a huge And people are camped out two days place. in advance. Yes. Yes. And they had 20,000 people inside. Mm-hmm. They gave away 150,000 tickets to that event. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. You tell me that the president isn't on fire. He is. Uh-huh. People know. People feel it. You know, when the economy is working and improving, people feel it in their pocketbook. They don't have to believe what a politician says. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. And and I'm telling you that I'm hearing from people who would normally vote Democrat. They're saying, you know what? I've been talking to my friends, and it, things are better for us. We mm-hmm. have jobs now. We've got good jobs yeah. available. Well, I, th- I think I think people are frustrated with the politics. Twenty seconds, Paul. and they're, they're they're ticked off by the fact that people are just throwing out stuff and they don't believe it and they don't try and, and mm-hmm. trump actually does stuff and he, he's got a spine yeah what he does he, is he makes this outrageous tweet to get all the media in a frenzy and while they're all in a frenzy on his tweet he's over here doing executive orders and <laughs> getting things getting done things done that's right news is next we're back in a moment <laughs> all right before i get to the phones we got a couple of phone calls waiting to talk to us by the way 501-823-0965 if you're serious give us a call we're asking are you going to watch the Democrat debates Thursday and Friday night? There's so many of them. Uh, they're going to do 12 on Thursday candidates and 12 on Friday. 24? Yeah, there's 24. Mm-hmm. Can- yeah, Good they're out there. Twenty-four. I mean, de-, de Blasio's out there even though he's got a negative too. I'm not kidding you. They, there's people out there they pay him money not to run. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going down at Sunny's. Anything new happening? Just buying a lot of wrecked cars, and uh, I've got to hire another dismantler, so I've got twice as many cap, twice as capability. You didn't lose your female that's out there. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Hope is she's still good, with me. man. She's, yeah, she's awesome, and she Hope has really got into the Arkansas Children's Museum. Uh, we take cars over there, and 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 uh, they have classes and teach the kids how to take them apart oh, nice. and how to use tools. Wow! So uh, she's really got into that. But uh, no, she's a uh, Air Air Force veteran, 
that uh, works real like hard. At, works she, hard at Sunny's she, she every put day. Some of the guys to and uh, she's actually training my new. I got a new guy hired to dismantle cars, and yeah. and she'll be she'll be training him. So we're just gearing up to process more cars for more parts. Okay, so let's talk about. We're talking about total loss vehicles. Explain what a total loss vehicle is. I mean, basically, it's just a car that can't be driven anymore, right? Right. A total loss vehicle is a is a good later model car that was driving down the road and someone pulled out in front of it and it was totaled in an accident. Or they f- drove in front of somebody. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it was an accident. We're not going to place any blame here. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, so the wasn't the car's fault. But anyway, so the car is involved in a total loss accident. The car was not quit driving it because it was worn out or not a good car. So we buy total loss cars, cars that were killed before they reached the end of their life and still had good life left in the parts. So they still have good organs. Uh, right, exactly. They're good donors. So uh, 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 end-of-life car is a car that drove to the end of its life without an accident happening to it, and the car is worn out at that point, and you don't want to buy any parts off of that car. So at Sunny's Auto Salvage, we only buy later model wrecked cars that were running good every day before the accident and then we test the parts to make sure they weren't damaged in the accident and then we sell one two and three year warranties on them to uh to assure you if you spend money at sunny's auto salvage that you get the service out of it that you need and some I think that, that's a good deal and that's a better deal you can you can't even buy a new transmission with a three-year warranty on, on mileage no quite you? often our warranties are better than mm-hmm. than rebuilt or, or, or new o, or new oem so uh so we want people to make sure when they spend our money at sunny's auto salvage that they're going to get the service out of their part what's phone number uh what, 501-982-7451. 501-982-7451. All right. And you can put a voice on the phone to a voice on the radio. And if you're watching, to a face on the radio. <laughs> That's right. There you go. You can do that. All right. Steve Hess wants to talk to us. Can't wait to get on the air, huh, guy? No. I decided I would call in as, as a political Steve instead of Paulson Steve. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. <laughs> I hear, uh, you know, I hear everybody running up and down, being all excited about the economy. But, you know, right now Trump's on track to add the same amount of national debt that Obama is. So why are we so excited about the fact that our economy is being built upon more debt? Well, I'm with uh, you. Yes. I'm with you on that. True. I mean, that bubble is going to come back and bite us one day. And, and I think it's just a falseness. Uh, I don't know. I just would like to hear more people on the Republican side actually care about debt and not just when Obama was in office. Well, you know, President Trump is not a conservative. I don't think anybody has ever tried to put forth that he's a conservative. He's he's made some some slips on on that as well as on the Second Amendment. There are a lot of gun rights people very angry with him, and I'm one of them. I've I've said I don't like this. Uh, But, you know, I think I think that when I look at him versus what when I look at Kamala Harris. Right. It's Trump. That's right. Oh, I'm with you. We don't ever want to talk about this little nightmare that's been building for 30 years. I, yeah, I yeah, agree with that, that though. That's I'm with you, true. too. We need, we need to be hammering Republicans on cutting spending. We can't get them to cut a nickel here in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's, that's all. All right. I'll see you in a few minutes. We, 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 we couldn't one agree of with you more. Guys. You know, there's social, there's social conservatives, and then there's physical conservatives. And we have not seen very many physical uh, conservative Republican either or very many in the state or on a national level but uh, the Bible does tell us to be frugal with our money 
And uh, it, it's time to quit wasting taxpayers' money on all these social programs. Right. How it's how not the government's you, money. It's our money. How, how, how else do you buy, buy your election, though? Well, I tell you what, the people in power, you know, the sad thing is what it costs to run. And in and, and RD's opinion, mm-hmm. if you're going to run for governor, I'd say it's a $2 million race. If you want to go, is. if you want to go toe to toe with the governor, it's a $2 million race. Mm-hmm. If you want to go toe to toe with a senator, that's a $250,000 race. Well, it's a $15,000 filing fee just to run. Uh, ex- exactly. For Senate? For, for governor. For governor. governor. $15,000. $15, so if you want to go, so if, if you're a politician and you're the state, of Arkansas and you want to go to Washington and run for a national office and it's a two million dollar race mm-hmm. for a governor and you have aspirations to go to Washington that means you need people that can put some money in your campaign I mean we're right. talking about hundreds of millions of dollars so you start making decisions not like our caller in just called in it says conservative you're going to make decisions that helps the people that gets all the money well here's the problem in arkansas because we are still i I just read an article the other day we are still among the poorest by income states in america and we're also among the most heavily taxed so the average citizens in this state can't do much as far as financially supporting candidates so what does that mean that means that special interests, the wealthy economic elites are the ones who control the politicians because it takes a lot of money to to run and so you've got to have that money from the big wealthy guys and once those guys give you the money there is strings attached there are strings attached always and hence it is the wealthy economic elites the upper 10 percent who control public policy in this state so we have the best government money can buy, can buy exactly bought right. and paid for i got to take us to a state that i'm going to be visiting in september okay I'll be going to... They Pan- let you out of Arkansas? Pan- yeah, <laughs> once in a while. Panama Beach. I'll Panama be going Beach. to Panama Beach Ooh. coming up in September. Thomas is from Florida. Hey, Thomas, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Where in Florida are you? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, North Florida. Okay, so you're a little bit going to be a little bit more to the east than I will be on the Gulf. But go ahead. What you got for us? Well, I'd like to input in the conversation. Um, I strongly disagree with the uh, the position that Trump seems to be taking on a Middle Eastern policy. It's very disappointing to see a complete 180 from the anti-interventionist uh, rhetoric that we saw during the campaign to uh, intervention in Syria um, uh, over what it was what is quite clearly a false flag attacks and, and now a, a war drum in Iran. It's very frustrating to see that. Bolton and him are, are both contributing to this uh, war hawk effort. So you wor- you worry about the the statement that the president is making when Iran threatens us, then we shouldn't uh, say this is what will happen if you do what you're saying you want to do. No, you see that would be perfectly reasonable if the uh, the supposed attack on the uh, the uh, Japanese liner a couple of weeks ago was not so obviously a false flag attack that has been uh, what what makes you think that it was what makes you think it's false flag uh, uh, thank you for asking quite a number of things um the the most glaringly obvious clue to this fact is the fact that the uh, the people who were operating the liner the the japanese uh, employees for the liner said that they saw uh, a a mysterious um, object coming towards the ship Uh, this is a statement from verified from the the people who worked on the liner they saw a mysterious object that seemed to be a torpedo heading towards the ship as well as the fact that the um, owner and operator 
uh, of the Japanese liner does not believe that it was an Iranian mine from the information that he was given. And also just the fact that Iran has absolutely no reason to be acting aggressive towards the United States. It's not in their vested interest to be um, getting themselves involved in a war or to be crippling their economy with more sanctions whenever their economy is already going down the tubes. It just doesn't make any sense that they would be acting so aggressive towards us whenever they have no benefit, absolutely no benefit, okay. uh, to uh, a war with the United States. Can I ask, are you an isolationist? Do you think that America, uh, no. do you think that we should just stay out of out of all countries and just worry about what we have going on here? No, I don't. You're not a Rand Paul kind of guy. No, 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 absolutely not. But I do believe firmly that almost every single um, interventionist action that we've taken in the Middle East, uh, for whatever justification, has been an utter failure. And I think that anyone who tries to claim otherwise is, is uninformed. Well, well I'll just tell you this. Uh, if we hadn't have interfe- uh, intervened in the Middle East, the, the possibilities of the oil that has flown from, uh, flowed from the Middle East would not have happened. Now, Japan gets about 40% or 60%, I think it is, of their oil. China gets about 90% of their oil from the Middle East. We don't need them anymore. I mean, bottom line, we produce more oil than anybody in the world now. You did know that, correct? Secondly, you said that evidently you believed that it was a torpedo that was used on one of the um, Japanese. The the employees of the liner claimed to have seen. Okay, well, that's – but by saying that and believing that, uh, it was assumed that you assumed that that is what it was – if it was a United States sub uh, that torpedoed one of those ships, it wouldn't have been a, that small of a hole in the side of that ship. I can tell you that for a fact. Mm-hmm. All right, that yes. that that, so that our, ship yeah, would have probably gone down. Our armaments are, are very diverse and, and could have managed something like that. And I'm not I'm not claiming uh, any sort of uh, specifics. I'm not claiming any sort of uh, specific semantics about the attack, but. I'd like you guys to examine the USS Liberty uh, false flag attack that was used to propagate um, intervention against Egypt, uh, if you guys are aware of, of that. Uh, I'm not saying that so, there's not false flags. What right. I'm saying is that you cannot assume that everything that happens is in the Middle flag. East is a false flag. And there's and that, that happens a lot now. I mean, there's conspiracists everywhere. And they would – look, I've been – have you been watching the Discovery Channel? I think it's the Discovery Channel or the History Channel, where now they're they're actually having a show like once a week, and they're still discussing from 1968 that Americans didn't land on the moon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just being honest here. Well, there's and still from, people saying that Sandy Hook didn't happen either, that that whole thing you, was a Alex conspiracy Jones, theory. Thank you, Alex Jones, by the way. Yeah, right. And, and, and now, well, now Alex is being sued yeah, by I some know. of the families yep. because— I understand that. But and now saying. he's backing up on it. He's backing up on it. He's saying, well, no, I didn't say, I didn't really mean that it didn't really happen. I just, you know, I was just thinking that it might not. Kind of like AOC Whereas didn't when, say it was right, a Nazi concentration. Exactly. Well, well, Alex I've Jones, been what reading joke. articles where I, that Iran has been known to back ISIS and radical they, Islamists. Hey, they and, started and, Hezbollah. Right. I, so Did they you know started that? it. Iran I didn't started. know they started Hezbollah? it. I didn't yeah. know they started it. Yeah. Hezbollah, Hezbollah, whatever the hell so their name is. They do. So Kill them all. For the caller to say that they don't have an, an agenda, well, if you look at the, the history of them supporting radical Islamics, mm-hmm. then they, ha- they have an agenda, and they have a history, and they have a track record. And by the way, just for our friend who called in, Hezbollah, <laughs> you know what their first thing that they did was? 
they killed over 300 Marines in Beirut. That was them. And it was backed by the Iranian government. We go back 40 years for the Iranian government. These are evil people. Whether you like to say that or not, I'll say like what Reagan said about the Soviets. I'll say about Hezbollah and Iran. They're evil people. And about losing money, they don't care. It's your people that are suffering. I'll guarantee right, because the people the, at the, the top Islamic are getting what they want to eat and whatever. all believe that if you are not Islamic uh, and support Sharia law, then you have no right to exist on earth, period. And, the, and their ultimate goal is to take over the world. Yeah. America is the grand Caliphate. jihad. According to former federal prosecutor Andrew McCarthy, if you read his book, it's awesome. Yeah, it's about the thickness of Moby Dick, but it's amazing. And he, <laughs> he makes his case for uh, the radical Islamist, their agenda is America. Right. Grand Jihad. We will take a break and then we'll be back with more. If you're on uh, Jam Morgan's page, welcome. You're watching the Dave Ellswick Show here in Little Rock. If you're uh, watching my page, you're watching in Little Rock and in, in Arkansas. And if you're watching 1011theanswer.com on Facebook, you're watching. From right here in Little Rock as well. Don't forget about uh, Dwayne Smith and uh, his Allstate Insurance Agency. 501-819-0373 is the number. Their uh, location, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. You can give them a call and uh, they will sit down with you and run over your insurance, life insurance, home insurance, car insurance, motorcycle insurance, uh, uh, speedboat insurance, whatever insurance you got, and they'll see if they can't save you some money and get you more for your buck. That's 501-819-0373, the Dwayne Smith Allstate Insurance Agency. It's a problem everywhere, Paul. Uh, opioid and, the, the you know, addiction. Overdose, yes, except that Arkansas is right. number two in the nation oh, for, wow. using for opiate addiction. Now, oh, wow. So, yeah, it makes sense to have that drug in the schools. That If kids are, if a kid over ODs, you can just wow. give them a shot. It can, it literally almost well, now brings, cops carry it. Just yeah. about yeah. brings yeah. people back from yes. the dead. Wow. It's called Nicant. What is it? It's Narcelone. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's called ICANN or something yeah. like that. I forget what the, uh, the generic, generic you know, like, right. you know, when you say you're going out and get a Coke, you know, you can give them the, the ingredients, too, and it's mm. still a Coke. But right, 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 right. That's right. What I'm it, sometimes right. it's a generic. But so yeah. before we finish up for today, because we're at the end of our time together this week, y'all, it's going quickly. Uh, talk real quick. We're go- For you who are all over the United States watching we're going to talk about something that's happening here in Arkansas. Arkansas. But people around the country are watching, and yes. that is the murder of Senator well, Linda Fox Collins. carried it already. Yes, yeah. right. So this is breaking today. Uh, according to NEA report, and NEA report is uh, Northeast Arkansas. It's a pretty credible uh, site, news organization. They're saying, according to this report, a Walmart source has leaked that to several— them. To them— that several pieces of security video have been turned over to investigators in the murder of former state Senator Linda Collins. One video allegedly shows the suspect, Becky O'Donnell, buying a large quantity of bleach, which, of course, is, you know, doesn't it's circumstantial. But anyway, another clip allegedly shows the suspect and her boyfriend, Tim Loggins, returning to the store and, according to the source, allegedly using a card belonging to Senator Collins. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Because the, the thing is, is that, that, you know, if I had a, 
a swimming pool business, then buying a bunch of bleach might be a very reasonable thing to do. But I mm-hmm. don't have a swimming pool business. Right. Um, so if I went and bought 40 gallons of bleach, I don't know how much you bought. But if, but if, if I went and bought that much bleach, that would be weird. Well, and that's uh, here's the thing. The charges against her align with that. And, you know, we, no one knows what the evidence <laughs> police have that they were able to bring out in the probable cause hearing. But she was charged specifically, specifically with uh, abuse of a corpse mm-hmm. and tampering with evidence. OK, right. you you've. Yes. you've you're supposed to have some pretty reliable evidence, not circumstantial uh, stuff, but reliable evidence in a probable got, cause hearing to, to do that. They've got more evidence than that with those charges, there's no doubt. But there's people driving around right now in my delivery trucks that have credit cards that belong to me right. Right. buying stuff. And if, well, I, if, I, if something Loggins happened had, to me. Tim Loggins had power of attorney. Right, had power of attorney. To, so yes, just because someone's using. You know, card, one right. of my credit cards, mm-hmm. you know, I, I use a credit card in my business. These people right. helped her in her business. And so. Becky O'Donnell also handled payroll for Senator Collins sometimes at her hotel in different areas, different right. things business related. So, so you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot uh-uh. unless they've got something else to go with it. OK, we've got two minutes to go from Arizona. Steve joins us. Hi, Steve. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick show. All right, good, good, good to good to hear your voices. Hey, um, you were originally talking about uh, opioid um, problems that we're having here in the United States at one time, and I wanted to rein in on that because I feel like it's being really swept underneath the carpet right now. Um, I won't obviously give my wife's work uh, out there what she does, but um, it's becoming an epidemic of proportion because of doctors that are allowing patients to be able to give this drug out and the pharmaceutical companies are basically pushing them to, to put this out there. I'm not going to get too much into it because I really don't want to get anybody in trouble. But this opioid uh, problem isn't just from illegal, illicit means. It's actually from the doctors themselves. Oh, yeah. Putting this out there. Like there's, there's already been, there's already been uh, cases in court, uh, and there's going to be more of them, of doctors who are being paid by pharmaceutical companies to prescribe well, yeah. opioids. That's called, but, but, go, we'll, a, lot we'll continue talking. Saying, a lot of these doctors are saying, though, that they didn't realize it was so addictive. Yeah, right. They didn't know. Right. But yet, they yeah. tell us, yet they tell us they're the experts. <laughs> and, and aren't we so glad the government is protecting us from charlatans? But the sad part about <laughs> it is, is there's a financial incentive out there for people to do something that's not in the best interest of their patients. It's a sad thing. But there are elderly people out there with serious back problems and medical problems Another. that need these opioids. And the sad thing is I'm seeing some of them not get the medicine they need because True. because other people are abusing it's it. It's one the of those things where it. the pendulum swings this way mm-hmm. and then it swings way back the other way and innocent people get stuck in it. That's exactly right. Same. Guys, Thanks for being here. For all of you who have been watching today on Jan Morgan's site, thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll see you next Tuesday. Paul Calvert, yes, sir. Jan Morgan, R.D. Hopper, thank you all. The Bible guys are next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's continue. I'm just sitting here talking to Billy and telling him. July 9th is the next Dave Ellswick Classic movie at Riverdale 10, and it's Terminator 2. Now, there's two reasons why you need to see that movie. First of all... That movie is made for the big screen. Even if you've got a 75-inch TV, it does not do it justice. You have got to see it on the big screen. Secondly, 
The uh, newest version of the uh, Terminator series, uh, what's what's it called? Dark, dark something. I forget. I forget what the title is going to be. But you know, uh, Sarah Connors is back, and 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 all all the rest. And okay, Dark Fate, uh, and uh, everybody's <coughs> basically back. Schwarzenegger and Excellent. and all the rest. So I'm looking forward to this, and it takes place. It is the direct sequel to two. So you want to see two again, so you'll be ready for three. three. There you go. All right. Cameron said this was a direct sequel from two to three, and three only takes up, time-wise, 36 hours. Oh, wow. So it's going to be in the old aviation particulate balls to the wall. Yes, sir. All all the other movies you've seen since two don't exist now. Just like in in Halloween. Yeah. Don't exist yet. That's Don't right. Exist yet. Oh, so he's making another, quote unquote, two and three kind of thing. He's making three. Three, three mm-hmm. is a sequel to two. Okay. Right. But the one where his, um, where Connor came and then his, he was with that girl and they ended up in that bunker, that is like no That's longer no, relevant. Didn't, didn't exist. Okay. Yeah, hadn't happened yet. Not okay. the time or, or already has happened, gotcha. but never mind. Yeah, time travel movies are weird, right? right. They, they they definitely are. <laughs> they really they need are. to get this figured out because time travel is pretty simple. All know. right, so Scott will not be here today. <laughs> Correct. He's, Scott is not. He's here. been feeling under the weather. A little under the yeah. weather. And I don't know. The weather can be kind of heavy sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to get out from underneath the weather. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I had a friend that told me today they had pneumonia, and they Oof. said, "Who gets pneumonia in the summertime?" I said, "You." Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, my daughter, when she was 18 months old, had pneumonia in the summer. God, we so. have worst time in the world to have yeah. it. We it's spent just, a couple of weeks in the hospital there. So. Mm, that's a dangerous, dangerous disease. I will, for all you who are liberal out there, just know I went to see the doctor today and all of my lab work came back fantastic. Perfect. Ain't going any, anywhere anytime soon. They said, I'm, they, that's what they tell me, unless the Lord What's makes, they got to do with liberalism? <laughs> Well, the liberals hope that my my oh, name numbers well, yeah, but, come back bad. Right, I got you now. But I think they would probably want a psychological scan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we could do that too. All right, so here's your first question from Susan. What did Yeshua write in the sand? And um, I, why don't you start off by explaining where this would have occurred? Okay, and that that actually is the whole backdrop for what we think, because we don't know because nobody took a selfie of it, so we don't know what was there. <laughs> uh, but it really is kind of speculative. But once you put it in the uh, context of where he was at and what was going on and then go back and look at something in the book of Jeremiah, uh, it it kind of might make a little bit more sense. So this happened right at the end of uh, the Feast of Sukkot of Tabernacles. And this was right after he stood up. Um, And he said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so he did this in the midst of what was the water drawing ceremony at the end and the conclusion of tabernacles. And this whole thing points is a very messianic phrase and a very whole messianic thing that's going on. So this event of this woman being caught in adultery was the very next day. Okay, And so they brought her out. And then, as we all know, he stooped down and wrote in the sand. Yes. All right. Um, There's a scripture in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, and verse 13. And it says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. 
And he says, those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Okay. So just the night before, he declared basically him to himself to be the living waters. And it looks like what he was doing was um, either one, writing their sins, writing their names, but either way, he was calling them out for not because they have forgotten the ways of the Lord because either one they were being hypocrites and a lot of them were doing what they were accusing uh, because the nobody, one of doing right well and everybody always forgets where's the dude right nobody brought the dude they've and, already violated the law just just bringing her there that's right. um, the law requires that you bring both and that you bring the witnesses you have to have all of these people involved but the the attempt here was not to find justice the attempt here was to force Yeshua into doing something that was unlawful. Uh, and of course, he's smarter than they are. So that didn't happen. Yep. And that's really the context. And that's really kind of what I think was going on, because it's in the context of tabernacles, the living water, the water drawing ceremony, and that verse kind of brings it all together. And so I think he was calling them out, one, for being hypocrites, yep. uh, and or two, maybe just not even showing mercy for somebody, but looking to try and catch somebody. Okay. But again, that's I got to cool. bring up the fact that nobody brought the dude. And that's why I think it was more hip, hypocrisy because they probably went, come on, Frank, get out of here. And then they brought her to try and get her now, in trouble. A- after he said, I, I don't contem- condemn you, what else did he say? Go and sin no more. Uh, so, yeah, we don't talk about that So he, much. he did tell her to stop doing what she was doing then, right? right. Yes. Some, something we don't hear a lot of from certain pulpits. What? Today. He judged her? He, no. he, he I, did judge her actions. He said, stop right. doing that. We, don't, we, we pull the story out, and then we want to say, well, see, he didn't judge her. But we forget that part that, that Billy was brought yep. up, and that is he said, don't do it again. Yeah, yeah. If, if he said that, that means contextually yeah. that what she was doing was, was sin. That's right. Yeah. right. And, and, and we're talking about the God of the universe standing here, right? He knew what she'd been up to just an hour ago, right? I mean, right. he doesn't have to guess. He didn't need the witnesses. He, well, he knows knew everything what she's else been about doing. her. Right. right. Uh, he knows what she's been doing, and he looked at her after they're all gone and went, hey. Stop I'm it. perfectly aware, and you need to cut that out. Right. So, I, And I also use this to show, because this is also how we should function. See, um, we should show love and mercy and kindness and gentleness when somebody falls short. Right. And he, who, ha- who was about to have the full authority to judge, didn't. And if that woman did not repent and did not change her way of life, that means this same woman— who we use over and over again as a story of his mercy, right. will stand before him and say, I was the very one that showed you mercy and gave you a chance to change, and now he will have to judge her for all eternity for not changing. Mm-hmm. So it, the story will not be the same if she never repented and changed her ways. Right, absolutely. On judgment and day, keep this in mind. Guess what? Jesus didn't re- reach into the book of life and get one of those big old, you know, erasers mm-hmm. and erase her name. Right. She erased her own name That's right. from the book of if, life. If it got erased, she did that. Mm-hmm. He, he told her what the condition was. Yeah. Go away. I, I, essentially saying, I forgive you for this, but don't do it anymore. There, there, there's the line. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to condemn you in this, but you got to cut it out. And that's important for people to understand because, you know, everybody, it's not, I'm, that's a broad brush statement. Okay. A lot of unbelievers want to make the statement, God, how can he be merciful if he's going to send all those people to hell? He created them knowing that 
You created them, they're going to go to hell. Bottom line is, you decide. Yep. yep. You, it's on you. I mean, that's the same. That look, in a microcosm. Let me just bring you to the United States of America, and it's up to you if you decide to use a government program wrong, mm-hmm. right? That causes you to go to jail, or yep. you decide to defraud somebody, or whatever it is that. It's all on you, but in this country, we try to say, well, he's potty trained wrong or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't their fault. Yes, it is. It's your fault. Absolutely. Jeremiah 3 is one of the favorite verses or chapters I like to point out, and I believe it is at least seven times God cried out to Israel, return to me, which means to repent. Return to me, he says, return to me, return to me. He's begging them not to go down this path because he knows being just. He's going to end up what he's going to have to do, and yeah. he doesn't want to do it, and he's begging them to repent. All right. Another question. Sure. This is a little long. Okay. This past week, my mom came into church, and the seat she usually sits in was taken by someone else. So uh, she uh, moved back a few rows to find an empty seat that was not reserved. She put her purse and Bible down to save her seat. Well, a few minutes later, a couple came in to find my mom sitting in their seat, Mm -hmm. and the lady asked my mom if she was sitting on the end of the row, and she answered yes, and the lady got offended. To my knowledge, we don't have saved seats with members' names on the pews. First come, first serve. My mom didn't get offended by this, but how should one respond? The The Bible tells us that where there is strife and division, there is every evil work, and we are to walk in love and prefer our brothers and sisters over ourselves. All it takes is one person to quench the Spirit of God. No one to be that person who causes someone to get offended over such a petty thing as a seat. Yes? Uh, I guess amen. Yes. Okay. Don't, don't yep. want to cause, yes. Uh, and that's... Um, I don't know, I would call it the state and condition that we're concerned about where our seat was at and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Paul, Paul dealing with the situation, I think, in Corinthians, he said, wouldn't it be better for you to have been wronged rather than to allow strife into the camp? And that's a hard. You want to talk about a thing that will bust your pride? Is say you're sorry or um, just accept wrong when you didn't do wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and then for the sake of peace. That will humble you more than anything. Yeah. And even if it's something, if we as I would listen to this as childish as, well, they got my seat. Yeah, we we, we were actually having this conversation right before we we came into the studio here, and that is that we have to remember that no matter what position we are within a church, we are still dealing ultimately with other people, mm-hmm. and they are as flawed as we are. Um, they've still got things in their life that need to be worked out, and You're sometimes flawed? what that oh yeah, mm, one you, or two of them. You didn't get the memo. Yeah, one or two of them. Uh, and, you know, it, it sometimes, and I know some churches that, um, long and short, you walk into a church and you're more than there, there more than three or four weekends in a row, and you learn that everybody has a tendency to sit in the same seat. The question becomes, um, are you going to get upset about it, or are you just going to let I, God be now, God? So, it was kind of funny. I was new into the Lord. This was about three years in the Lord. And there was an older woman from the old church that came walking in, and there was a guest and I sat right there in the back, and I actually started laughing. Now, I wouldn't laugh nowadays, but she walked up and just tapped on his shoulder and made her get up. Wow. So, yeah, that was Ouch. her seat. Yeah. 
I was just like, yeah, that'll that'll keep them around. Yeah, that'll yeah. make them feel welcome. Yeah, but Absolutely. yeah, it, it is. That's a small. It's a smaller issue, but yeah, it's it's hard to take take it in order for the sake of unity. Yeah, and I want to talk about what you just said, and that is, we allow ourselves get irritated. We mm-hmm. allow ourselves to feel like we've been poked in the eye or whatever. Yeah. Right. It, it, it you've got that's I think a spirit that we all need to work on. I know I have that problem at times. Yeah. I allow myself to get irritated. My father used to always tell me, "Nobody makes you mad." That's right. Yep. You allow yourself to get mad. Yep. But we often respond, and what we tend to do is we we pull out the uh, the trump card, righteous indignation. Mm-hmm. That's the trump card. See, I know because Paul right. said that that you can be righteously angry. Right. But are you really? Yeah. That's the question, is one who claims the verse that they are righteously, do you really care about what is happening to that person, or do you really care that you've been wronged, or do you just want to be right? Yep. yep. And that, yep. that's the question that one has to ask themselves before they go throwing that verse around. By Something the way, to think about. righteous indignation should really be applied to sin, right. not someone who bugged you. Right, not because somebody got your seat or somebody hurt your feelings or had a different Speak opinion. Speak for yourself. <laughs> right. It's uh, 21 after 5. We've got to get a break in. First break of uh, this hour, the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys are here. you got a question, 823-0965, or you can still email us, bibleguys at salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. All right, back with you as we continue here with the Bible Guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we're opening the phone lines up today, 823-0965. If you've got a question, 501, if you're not in our area, 501-823-0965. Because since we now broadcast uh, on the Internet with uh, Facebook, uh, we're not sure exactly where you might be sitting and watching the show. We've had calls today from Florida, from Arizona, uh, from Virginia, all kinds of places. Cool. And so it's it's been fun today having uh, those all those folks joining us. Uh, they typically joined us when we got into national discussions and not so much what we were talking about here uh, specifically to Arkansas. But this is a kind of a wide open forum about the Bible. If you have a Bible question, you want to ask these gentlemen, you can. They're both pastors. Uh, Scott Stewart is not here, the uh, pastor of Agape Church. Typically, he would be here as well. And uh, they're willing to give you, uh, you know, the benefit of their uh, intellectual uh, information that they have and uh, the belief that they have. So keep that in mind. With that in mind, in the last hour... And a couple of times earlier, we referred to Iran. Mm -hmm. And uh, Iran has been in the news, as you know, with uh, us here uh, dealing with the uh, uh, United States. Let me play a a cut here, cut number two. This is Rand Paul. And uh, Rand Paul had this to say. You know, I'm really proud of President Trump for uh, showing restraint. I think it show, it really takes a, a statesman to show restraint amidst a chorus of voices for war. Whether the sanctions will work, I think, is another story. Currently, from the Iranian perspective, they see the sanctions as an act of war, uh, cutting off their ability to sell any oil to Asia. Okay, there you go. 
They see that as an act of war. I had a caller who wanted to get into all the the false flag stuff. And one of the things he said, and I didn't get a chance to, to say anything about it, but I can now, and that was he said that the mullahs, you know, the ayatollahs mm-hmm. basically over there, and we got three minutes here, and we got a whole another half hour to talk about this, have nothing to gain by going to war with the United States and basically getting their butt handed to them. Right. Wrong. Right. Yep. That's wrong. And so I'm going to allow uh, Billy and, and Steve to jump in on this and listen to what they have to say. If you got questions about it, 8230965. Okay, the what they it, from a financial and from what would happen to their country perspective, um the, the man is correct. But from the religious perspective, he is completely wrong. The right. the um this is more of a of a Shia view instead of a Sunni view, but they both hold a similar view and that is that they are waiting for one called the Mahadi. And this is the guy that is supposed to bring war or in the midst of war and chaos that he will come and bring peace through victory for Islam. Right. And they believe that they have to get the war going in order for him to come. So they want this war. And they are on the verge of some very difficult – their money is collapsing. Their economy is collapsing. And so just like – Several times in the past, throughout many histories, that uh, any time a nation is struggling, they go, "Well, we need to go to war to, 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 war. to take the attention away yep. from us." So they are—they would love to set the world up to receive the person that they are waiting for, that they are believe is going to be the one is going to conquer the world for Islam. And, and I, I think that points out the fallacy in the original question. Um, you assume that they assume they will lose. Right. And that is not their assumption. That's right. Their assumption is that if things start a big enough war. Yep. I mean, imagine if you thought by going to war with Iran that you could force Jesus to come back next week. Um, that is their mindset. Yep. That if they can just create a big enough war, the Mahdi will have to come. And if he comes, they win. Yep. Um, they're, they're not looking at this from a potential loss situation. They're looking at this as a, as a potentially huge gain situation. So, um, and I think we probably... I'm guessing probably on the other side, probably want to talk yeah. about Hooks and Jaws and mm-hmm. the region that we're talking about because yep. there are lots of prophetic things here as well. All yep. right. We will do that. And you are exactly, you're doing good on getting that inner feeling of time. <laughs> we're down to uh, 14 seconds. Hey, so with there. that in like mind, we'll come back and we're going to talk more about this. And I think, uh, stick with us, you're going to find this really, really interesting. So the news is coming up, and when we return... Prophecy in Iran. How does it all go together? All right, PI Roofing Home Solutions want to let you know that now not only can they do the best roofing for you and the best home repairs for you after the leak that you had in your roof caused all kind of problems in the ceiling of your bedroom and between the drywall and, and whatnot, and you got all kinds of black mold forming. They can come in and clean all that stuff up. But now they'll clean your gutters, too. If you're looking to have quality gutter cleaning at your disposal, now it's PI Roofing and Home Solutions. They do that as well. All you have to do is go to their website. We don't even give their phone number now. Just go to their website, piroofing.com, piroofing.com. 
If it's roofing you're looking for, I will attest and give you uh, my uh, wholehearted backing uh, for PI Roofing. They did my roofing and did a fantastic, absolutely fantastic job. They have my, for my friends and, uh, for instance, you know, businesses that I uh, do a lot of work with, like uh, folks over at the Cabot VIP Cinema. Yes, sir. I was just going to say they put a ridge vent on my place for me. There so you go. Did a good, good job, didn't they? Yep. They come, they do, they they come, they see, they fix, they leave. And it's clean when they leave, yep. too. Don't have to worry about a bunch of nails hanging around the ground. That's piroofing.com, piroofing.com. All right, nothing better to get people interested than to say, we're going to talk about future things. We're going to talk about prophecy. Everybody gets all excited. Do do. You know, if you... If you if you do what you're supposed to do every day, you don't have to worry about what's mm-hmm. going to happen because you're going to be cool, all right? Right. That's what I always – that's why I say I'm a pan-millennialist, if right. it's pan out. I always yeah. wrestle with – one of the things that I wrestle with, and because for so long and so many people for so long – well, I, I guess I could just say in at least the last 40 years and 50 years have gotten too far overboard with prophetic things – and misunderstand how we should be viewing prophetic things, and they've left, they've misled a lot of people. So, how should we be viewing? It? Well, uh, well, I really would like to teach the thing I taught at the prison <laughs> yeah. this past weekend. Got, got four or five hours. Right. That's about what it would take. And so. it's it's one of the things I always tell people is you have to look at the big stories that have prophetic right. meaning and not get caught up in a chapter and verse and then tie together a bunch of scriptures. Yeah, especially when you are reading the Bible in English. Correct, and. What we also need to do is not try to foretell what's coming, right. but be prepared to see what is happening. So they didn't really even – and you go back, and this is what I mean by wrestling. Jesus said to we can kind of go, yeah, 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 he'll come whenever. But at the same time, he scolded the people in his day for not recognizing the time of his first coming. Right, absolutely. And, and so I believe that there should be a period of time in which we can recognize the timing of his second coming, as did the wise men from the east. And because of all the events going on, like I said, Jesus scolded them. So when we begin to see things happening, then we can look at them. But what we should not be doing is what a lot of the prophecy teachers have been doing, and that is writing a book saying what is going to happen. Absolutely. Because that sets people up for failure. Having said all of that, one of the things that has a great potential of interest is this whole thing that's going on with Iran. If we have accurately interpreted um, the meaning in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, uh, the areas around southern Russia, northern Turkey, and Persia are mentioned in this um, chapter. And it says that God's going to put hooks in their jaws and draw them into a battle with the people of Israel. Okay. And so we know that that battle couldn't have happened until Israel became a nation in 48. And it's not an accident. I I don't think it's an accident that when you start seeing photo ops uh, with Putin, Erogden, and Rouhani, all the leaders of Russia, Turkey, and Iran, and their coalition that they've got going on, it's something that we should pay attention to. So... The events of Iran, what they desire to see rolling, do have some really strong potential prophetic meanings. But again, you wait and watch. And one of the stories, the other stories I like to tell is a friend of mine said to me that when Jesus came the first time, he appeared to be nothing more than a rebel rouser. 
The greatest spiritual event in the history of mankind appeared to be a political event. And I believe that the second greatest spiritual event, which now I would actually say is the the greatest the spiritual pinnacle. event, his, yep. yeah, his pinnacle of him coming back, will appear in the midst of a great political upheaval. What's going on in Israel today is spiritual, not political. Right, right. All right. Something I want to just point is what you had said, uh, Billy, earlier, and you as well, uh, Steve, talking about the folks, Islamic folks, mm-hmm. are waiting for their king mm-hmm. to right. return to bring peace, right? Isn't it interesting how Satan has always used something similar to lie about yep. the truth? Yeah. 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 And that's and that's what that's doing. It's lying and drawing people away from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. If I tell you that the sky is purple and you look outside and see that the sky is not purple, you know me to be a liar. However, if I just look at what God has already said is going to happen and then twist that just a little bit, then lo and behold, because God has said it's going to happen, history seems to march right down towards the path of what the lie says is going to happen. So it's... You, I know that if you say a big lie loud enough and long enough that eventually it becomes truth in the minds of people. Joseph but Goebbels. but uh, if you tell a, a little lie that's only off from the truth a little bit and is not yet come to pass, mm-hmm. then it's real easy to be deceived by that. So, um, you know, and, and this this whole triune of of nations here, uh, I, I had a I had a very close friend. Um, we're still good buddies who was a um, his major is in Russian studies and. In talking about prophecy at one point, and this is in the late 90s, early aughts, I guess, um, he said, you, re- you realize that can never happen, right? And I went, what are you talking about? He goes, this cannot be Russia, Iran, and Turkey like you think. And I went, why? And he goes, well, Russia's broken, and Russia, Iran, and Turkey are essentially all enemies, and you could never, never, it is simply not possible for these nations to ever align themselves together, and Russia has no interest in the Middle East, Um Okay, that might have all been true 20 years ago. <laughs> right. But today we see them meeting together constantly. We see Russians' oil, oil supply tainted. We see that in the Golan Heights, perhaps one of the greatest oil reserves that has ever been discovered has been discovered in an area that is contested uh, between Israel and the surrounding Islam nations. Um, I'm sorry, that sounds like someone's already pulled the, ga- pulled the gas on the area and is standing there with a match in their hand. The other thing that nobody's talking about that Iran is having to deal with is the gospel is going forth in an amazing rate right they now. They are having an amazing revival over there, there right now. So Believe it or not, people. my pastor was talking about that this Believe Sunday, it. and he was saying that over in the Middle East at this time, Muslims are having dreams, yep. and yeah. Jesus is appearing, appearing to, to them yep. in their dreams, and and saying, repent, come to me. Yep. And they have been for years, I can't remember the name of the organization, but they have been pumping radio into that region for years. And these people have been listening to the gospel for years. So they, and they, they I mean, they addressed this. They had to bring some of these people forward to address this council saying, what are we going to do about all these Christians that are coming, or all these Convert. Persians mm-hmm. that are converting to Christianity? So they're having, and it would be another reason why they would want war, because they're they're going to they're going to continue to deal with this. Well, that's what I'd say about China. Yeah, they're dealing with the same thing too. A lot of people don't think about this. Yeah, the Chinese Communist Party is still very very strong. However, there's more information getting to the Chinese people now than ever ever before, 
And if you're China and your whole goal as a party is to bring Chinese form communism to the world, you better do it while the people are buying into it. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't, you lose your your moment in history, so to speak. Yeah, and, and China is China is an interesting case. Um, people don't realize it, but China is our number one enemy in the world right now. Um, I, I work in the uh, IT security industry. Uh, if you think we're fighting a cold war with China, you're crazy. That war is very hot. It just happens to all be digital. Um, they are in our number one enemy when it comes to um, cyber Hacking warfare. And all that cyber warfare. Um, China would consider would would concern me a lot more if I wasn't reading the Bible because here's the problem China because of their their one child policy is about to sunset uh, their population is extreme is getting extremely old they don't have the workers they don't have the population to replace that they're going to begin to decline and at which point they're going to need to look around and go okay who can we start a war with so that we can become re-energized and revitalized uh, I don't think. Because we're talking on a scale of forty or fifty years, probably before that becomes maybe maybe thirty years before that becomes a serious issue for them. I think the Middle East is going to become a much bigger uh, issue before we have the opportunity for that to devolve. Might cause them to get involved in ways that we don't want them to be involved. Um, might cause them to take some actions that would would facilitate that war in the Middle East. But um, I, I don't quite see them. Is quite as concerning as what's going on around Israel. Remember that Israel is the center of the world for God. Yep. The thing about it, the United States getting older, China getting older, we might gum each other to death. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Funny. Kind of a Monty Python moment. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We want to talk a little bit about that. Can you pull up some biblical verses for us about Just, what we've been talking about? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah, let's read those okay. so people can hear them. We'll come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so during the break, I asked uh, Steve if he would be so kind to bring some of this we've we've said, we, we've heard, or we believe this is what's going to happen. I've asked him to give you the biblical support for that. Okay. Uh, this one here, that what we were talking about, comes out of the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, and it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog, and the land of Magog, the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws and lead you out with all of your army, horses and horsemen, and splendidly clothed, and with a company with bucklers and shields, and all them handling the swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, and all of them with their shields and helmets basically just coming together with all of their wars. And it says in the latter days that they will bring, um, that you will be visited in the latter days and you will come into the land who was brought back from the sword, meaning Israel. And so that he's going to bring them to this land, the land of Israel, because after they were brought back from all of the nations. That happened in 48. And so now we see these nations that are mentioned here and in, they are all in that region of eastern, northeastern Turkey, southern Russia, uh, and then obviously the regions of Persia is the other other areas. And I believe uh, the Ethiopia and Libya areas would be Kush, which is part of the Egyptian areas. Right. Okay, so let me ask, being uh-huh. just a, a dumb old boy that doesn't have a lot of Bible background, <laughs> talk a little bit about, you know, Gog and Magog and, and, and all of that, because, you know, 
who was it that wrote the late great planet Earth? He he drew a completely different picture from that. Yeah, right? so uh, Gog was a king, um, and he went to the north of Israel to um, set up a series of tribes and cities. We know that where the Gogites um, settled was north of the Black Sea. Um, technically, if you were to draw on a map where that is at, it overlaps into Uzbekistan. Uh, about a third of the region where they were at is over in Uzbekistan, but primarily it's southern Russia. Um, and, and we have historical records showing that that's where they were at. So um, the the modern um, location of where the Gagites settled, Gagites, how you like that, uh, settled would have been primarily in what is today southern Russia there on, north of the Black Sea. Yep. How's that? Okay. Good. <laughs> Makes sense. That's right. I just want people to know that this is not just – people shooting in the dark. There's right. a reason for what your guys are saying. And here. when we talk about Persia, um, today that country is no longer called Persia. It's not the Persian kingdom. It is Iran. But those people, even to this day, refer to themselves as Persians. Yes, so they there's, do. there's no leap of logic there. That's just straight up who those people and are. And Persia went way down into Iraq up until all of that was split until the right. 1920s. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how does Turkey fit in besides um, a great sandwich? <laughs> well, Turkey is part of that same region, all yeah. of that area okay. that he was just mentioning. Yeah, and even Ethiopia, um, the nation we know today as Ethiopia does not have the same borders as the nation of <laughs> Ethiopia at the time of, right. that this was written. So um, you, you can't draw a one-for-one conclusion there on even Ethiopia. Yep. All right. So it's there's very, a reason to feel the way that you're feeling. Right. It's yes. very interesting times, and we watch it with great expectancy because we do think that sometime soon um, that these nations are going to come against Israel. I mean, Jesus said that Israel would be led by the captive into all of nations until the times of the Gentiles has run its course or come to an end. And so they're back in the land. This is very significant stuff. Again, we don't know how that's going to play out. uh, But when we start to see certain nations are mentioned, it definitely makes our ears perk up and go, hey, Right. Maybe this is going to happen this way. So how many years prior to Christ was that written? Uh, Ezekiel, this part was written sometime around, let's see, 35, was around 580 or 570 B.C. Okay, before Jesus yep. came. Right. Yep. That's a long time. Yep. Well, it's it's twenty almost 2,600 years ago. Um, and once again, proving the validity of Scripture, um, 2,600 years ago, The world did not look the same as it does today, and yet here we are 2,600 years after this being pinned, and all of these forces seem to be lining up. And I I would love – I really have got to put something together. One of these days I'll quit talking about it. Um, He's only been saying that for three or four years now. I have been because there's there's a view out there that all prophecy has been fulfilled, and then there's a purely futuristic view. Uh, view one is a, a known as a preterist, believing all prophetic things have been fulfilled, and they concluded in 70 A.D., and then there's another view, which is purely futurist. And because the Hebrew Bible was written in parallels, uh, I see both to be true. Yeah. And though there are historical evidences for a lot of the things that we are discussing, there are also stories woven into secondary or tertiary meanings. And if we hold the view that there isn't secondary meanings or secondary prophetic fulfillments, then there's a lot of things about Jesus that would not be true either. Right. So that's why I always say do not... Um, be caught up in a chapter and verse war about the end times. And one of the stories I like to use is the book, uh, not the book, but it's out of Genesis, and it's the story of Joseph. And Joseph was sold by his brothers 
because he had two dreams and those brothers refused to submit to his leadership. Mm-hmm. And he was sold to the Egyptians. Well, at first he was sold to the Moabites, or not the Moabites, the, um, anyway, those guys who sold him to the Egyptians. And while there, there was a famine, and then his brothers and all of Israel went down ended to Egypt. Ended up in front of him. They ended up in front of him, and they right. did not recognize him because he looked like an Egyptian. This story foreshadows a time in which this son of Joseph, Jesus, Yeshua, would come, not be accepted by his brothers, sold to the Gentiles, to the nations, or in this case to the Romans, and then he took on looking like a Roman. And just like in Joseph's days, he was not recognized by his brothers, Jesus is not recognized by his brothers. And so one day, he's going to, Yeshua is going to reveal himself to his brothers as who he really was, the Messiah of Israel. That's one of about four or five stories that you have to overshadow when you're trying to understand the prophetic. That day's coming, along with many others. So just that's why I say whenever we talk about prophecy, be very cautious about saying absolutes. Yeah. Look at the broader stories before you pull out a single verse and go, well, there's a rapture verse. Right. And one of the most significant things that we have to keep in mind when we're looking at prophetic verses is that often— one of the prophets is making a prophecy which, if you'll stop a half a sentence uh, before the the final words, you will go, this has already happened. Yeah. And then you read the last part of the verse, and it seems to push it all into the future. And what we do, what our instinct is to take that entire prophecy and try to cram it to the end of time. Uh, however, a lot of times that's the way prophecy worked is, by the way, I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen here in the next year, the next five years, whatever. And by the way, this picture is going to be prophetic of the future as well. So often we see, uh, we talk about dualism, we see that uh, being uh, coming to pass more than once. But just because um, it is going to happen again does not mean that it's going to happen exactly the way that a prophecy that was meant for another people in another culture took place the first time around. We have to use those as pictures and types rather than as this is what the word says specifically, because that does not necessarily apply. Okay, you got all that, Zach? (laughs) Zach's nodding. He's caught up on all of it. I just wanted to make sure that he was. The bottom line is is that this has all been foretold Mm -hmm. and laid out from the before the beginnings of time. Yeah, right. That's what everybody doesn't seem to understand. Here's the long and short: the king is on his way. Yeah, he is. He's always been on his way. He is not forgetful, and when he arrives with his kingdom. When his kingdom is in full force, he'll fix most of this. No way. And guess he'll what? Fix That's all why of this. I don't worry. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Let it, you know, let I, it build your faith, if you anything know, else. I think if you worry, you become an atheist. Yeah. Mm. You don't yeah. believe what God tells you. Right. All right. He says, don't worry for a reason. Doesn't do any good. Doesn't right. do it any It will good. just paralyze you. Right. Your worry can't change and a thing in the world. That's why having a friendly debate or discussion about things is healthy and good. It, it forces Iron you. sharpens iron. That's right. But to cause division and strife over those things are useless no. because we really don't know Mm-mm. how this is going to play out. We can yeah. only look at what we see, look at the past pattern and types, and go, you know what? It looks like it may roll out this way. And when it does, we'll go, ah, there it is. See, I just get excited. I hear like hear oh, yeah. you guys talk today. Tells me, maybe in my lifetime. Maybe mm-hmm. in my lifetime. I mean, be honest. I, I'd like to be here yeah, yeah. When, when Jesus returns. You know why? Because I won't have to taste physical death. That's right. 
I think that's kind of cool. You wouldn't have to die. Yep. You know, I don't know what that process is like. Right. A lot of people do. I don't. Yep. If I yep. didn't have to find out, if I could skip it. That'd be, I'd great. be cool. Yeah. I'm all. I'm all about it. Right. Guys, thanks for coming out. Thank you. Steve yes, won't be here next week. You're going Correct. to be up in Ohio. Yep. Visiting all some right. family. Ohio, close to by where? Cincinnati. Okay. That's an interesting place. Yep. Uh, by the, the, the hills of Rome, so to speak. Because it's built on five hills, too. So it's an oh, yeah, yeah. And seven. Are you saying that I know no, more about Rome couple. than it's you do? seven hills. The seven hills. Okay. Only off by a couple. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Billy, thanks so much. We'll yes, see sir. you next week. Scott should be here as well. Yeah. Bible Guys at SalemLR.com with any question you might have. I'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.